Wanna go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Thing better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. Oh. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 30 of the Big Show Summit Force Race Podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. Well, I'm officially on vacation. It's Saturday night. Uh, the wife is out grocery shopping, so I'm uh, sitting here doing my intro to this episode for my Sunday Vault episode. Hold on, cheers. And, I, as I said on uh, Wednesday, it is going to be Mike Brown week. Um, I had Mike on a little while back, and he was great. I mean, one of the uh, toughest guys, late 90s WHL and uh, first-round pick of the Florida Panthers. Of course, he was involved in the famous Pavel Bure trade. Um, so, uh, yeah, and then, uh, he went out and played the minors for a while and, uh, a few games in the NHL and he was a great guest though, had, uh, had a lot of fun and we, uh, threw out a lot of names and, uh, he took them all on. So, uh, no, I think you guys will really, uh, really dig that. I know, uh, on Wednesday, um, I did, uh, I had talked about the best in the East, uh, old newspaper articles when the players and coaches used to vote on the, on the best fighters and talked about a few years. Um, you know, the 87 one, Mike Keene was ahead, ranked ahead of Tony Twist. It was kind of bizarre to see. But, uh, you know, Mike was definitely, uh, well, he wasn't in the East, but, I mean, he definitely would have been on the best of the West uh, uh, polls. Um, I want to get a hold of those. Uh, if anybody out there has any best, the best of the West newspaper articles um i don't know what our, i don't know what newspaper ran them though i mean, we're gonna track that down i gotta get some whl uh, gurus on the case but uh i had uh i i did a little uh sound bite it was about a 15 minute i had of my initially the first ever time i talked to mike about his five toughest opponents it was part of my christmas special um so i put that on last week's episode but this is obviously a full-length interview and uh we get we touch on it all and uh like i said we start junior and go all the way up so you know how we do it around here but uh no other than that um hope everybody's having a good weekend i know uh well if you're listening to this it's sunday so the weekend's almost over but <clears throat> but uh like i said i'm on holiday so i'm just kicking back i got the next uh 10 days off so i'm looking forward to it uh probably heading up to the lake here the in-laws cabin so i'm gonna have to wednesday's episode i'm gonna have to get on that i might have to record early hopefully uh one of these cats that i'm waiting on will get back to me and we can uh, we can do something but um yeah other than that it uh you know i ah, you know it's I, I really don't have too much to say um you know i you know i know the playoffs are going on and they're the qualifiers or whatever the hell they're calling this stuff so i know the leafs came back i would they score th- three goals in like three three and a half minutes that's that's got to be a backbreaker for columbus that one hurt i mean and you know the night before of course or the you know columbus had come back you know down three nothing but 
yeah, how do you give up three goals in like three and a half minutes? That's terrible. But, um, yeah, so, you know, and it was funny watching, of course, watching the Leaf Nation burn, and then all of a sudden now they're fans again, and oh, God. I mean, that's one thing I always say about hockey Twitter is like the most embarrassing thing to read. Oh, it's terrible. And I'm not just Leaf fan, although, like, I got Leaf fan overload on my timeline for some reason, but, and they're embarrassing as shit, but it's, it doesn't matter what fan base you're talking about, it's all just horse shit, but, uh, whatever, fans are, I would say sports fans are just the worst, you know, like diehards, like, it's just, ugh, but, and then some jerk-off old Jim there, and I actually, he might listen to this show, I know he used to follow me at one point, and he stopped, but, uh, I know he follows the other guys, but, uh, he decided to reply to one of my tweets, he was talking about, uh, McLaren, Hammer, and Lucic, which never, ha- or with Lucic, Hammer, and McLaren, which never happened. McLaren actually dropped Lucic in junior, but, and they fought a few times in junior, I know that, but, and he's like, well, McLaren said that, and I'm like, well, I think McLaren was being nice when he said it, but, and then, but he goes, uh, they fought more than once, son, calls me son, it's like, oh, fuck, or who is this, the fucking, the veteran presence on Twitter, so I was just like, don't call me son, and he's, you know, and then he's like, oh, yeah, that's the problem, you know, I love it when guy, when, that's the best part of hockey is chirping and gets guys fired up. So I said, well, no, actually the best part of uh, hockey is when you beat the wheels off the guy that talks too much. So then he proceeds to call me, okay, little man, whatever you fucking, yeah, I'd love to see you try it. Oh, okay. Yeah, Jim, you're a fucking jerk off, all right? You had fucking, oh, coach, player, what else does your profile say? I notice you refer to the Toronto Maple Leafs as we all the time. Oh, yeah. Like he, like he's part, he's fucking alumni or he's part of the team or something. Yeah, coach. I'm like, let me guess. You you coached your kids' uh, tier two Adam Adam team to the uh, to a to a city playdown championship, and since then, your all your kids' friends call you coach. And as a player, yeah, but you wear a letter on your rec team, or you're the guy that sits in the dressing room. All right, guys, we got to show up earlier so we can talk about a few things. You're probably that fucking guy. You're trying to add a real veteran leadership to your rec team. Yeah, son. Shut the fuck up. You know, fuck, give me a breach, son. Oh, fuck. Talk about, I couldn't roll my eyes any harder than that. Fucking goof. But it's just amazing, some of these guys on Twitter. I always laugh, though. Like, it's the same guys who used to, like, mouth off biz nasty and stuff. As soon as they get called on their shit. Oh, it's just chirps, bro. Oh, yeah, every, everything's just jokes when you get called up being a fucking idiot. You weren't joking. You were fucking flapping your lips thinking you were cool and you got fucking called out for being a fucking clown. But but anyway, follow me on Twitter. Yeah, look at, what all the, look at everything you're missing. No, Twitter for the most part, well, I, okay, I take that back. Twitter's actually a cesspool, but there are some, definitely some gems among that. And, of course, Jay out in Iowa, tremendous sent me a package, uh, an old Mallard's VHS tape and some stuff. We, you know, but, you know, I won't say what it was. It was, he, I've already thanked him. I appreciate it. He certainly did not have to do that. And Jay, I'm going to definitely get back to you with them DVDs and stuff. I got some stuff for you. Um, you know, and, uh, those golf balls will fly in the bush at great, great velocity. But, uh, no, I will, uh, I definitely, uh, thank you for that. And, uh, 
And like I said, uh, between him and Alec and oh no, and Bobby Longgrass and all those guys, I've met new Farmer Rob and Joe Lazito and on and on. I mean, I've met great people on off of Twitter um, that are in my life that I talk to quite a bit. Carson Shields, you know, lots of guys. And um, and and um, you know, without Twitter, that wouldn't have happened. So I mean, I can't completely bury the app. The app, but. Uh, no, I tell you, a lot of days and night reading it and scrolling through, it's hard. I mean, whether it be political horse shit or, or in this case, when hockey or sports is on, hockey Twitter is just insufferable. I mean, you know, not, and I mean, I'm not, oh, go team, I'm not talking about those people, but just these people that, you know, like I said, the gym class heroes, the armchair coaches, um, you know, just on and on. It's just, uh, it's hard. It's hard, I tell you, but, uh, like I said, you gotta you gotta sift through some shit, but uh, there are good people on the other side. And like I said, just like there are other solid podcasts. I mean, you know, I know the network here is really rolling with hockey going. They have all thirty one NHL teams represented. So of course, those teams that are still playing, those they're pumping out those episodes as well. Terry Ryan's always throwing out content, and uh, of course, the other fight podcast, Alec over at Five for Fighting. Um, just released the Craig Stahl interview, which is really great. And, um, you know, Bobby Longgrass and, uh, you know, Joe Lazito with the Coliseum Chronicles. I mean, it, you know, a lot of these, all these guys are doing great work. And, uh, and like I said, it, I know, you know, there's only so much time in the day and there's so many podcasts nowadays. So, of course, the listening audience is, you know, the, the pie can only go so many, get cut so many ways. And I mean, John Scott has a show and Cam Jansen's and Spittin' Chicklets, of course, and, and on and on. And, uh, you know, and those are great podcasts, and I get it. But uh, you know, like I said, give the give the little guys a shot too. I think we we do some great stuff, and some, some really great content out there, and and great interviews. Like I said, this is episode thirty. I I highly encourage you to go back and listen to the other twenty nine. Like I said, I've had great guests on from John Morasti to Steve McIntyre, Joey Tedarenko, Kent Stanaford, Josh Mazer, Chris Graff, on and on. This today, Mike Brown. Um, you know, and and we have talked Jeff Rogers. And uh, they all got great stories, and uh, you know, and like I've always said, and and, and I've, it's not meant to sound egotistical, but I have always said I will put up any one of my player interviews up against anything Spit and Chiglets or any of those guys have ever done. So, like I said, we go in depth, we get good stories, we have some laughs, we do all that, and it's uh, and it's an extended interview. It's not just uh, thirty minutes and in and out. I mean, you know, I will say some of the interviews are long, and it's like pack a lunch, right? But uh, you know, you know, it's stop it and come back you don't have to listen to it all in one sitting but uh as you say listen to it while you jog but i can tell you you're probably you'd be a marathon runner by the time some of these episodes were done but uh maybe you have to go on three jogs i'd have to go on about a dozen jogs but uh yeah so but i i appreciate everybody who's listening and i love the feedback from you guys i appreciate it um whatever platform you're listening to it on could you rate and review the show it really helps me out and uh like i said please uh uh, check out the other guys as well. Like I said, we're all out here fighting for airtime and, uh, you know, just cause we don't sell, uh, pink alcohol and, uh, and, uh, or played in the NHL. I mean, it doesn't mean, uh, you know, we can't offer something as well. And, um, you know, like I said, I see a few clips and it's, Oh, hockey player drinks beer after games and everybody, Oh, it's so savage. It's so awesome. It was like, really like that. That's their shattering stories. Hal Gill drinks beer after game. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. But, uh, you know, I guess that's the awesome part of the interview. 
I don't know. I don't get it. And I'm not knocking spitting spitting jingles. I like Biz and those guys. I, I don't have a problem with the show. They have a kind of a tough guy on. I've listened to McGrath and Dennis Bonvi and you know, I've I've listened to episodes. I'm not I'm not gonna lie, I'm not a regular listener, but they have a guy that you know, that I'm a fan of, obviously I'll tune in, but uh you know, other than that, it's like you know, just because the guy played in the league, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. To me, I, I think a lot of them are like, you know, it's boring as shit, personally, but whatever. That's just me, you know. But, uh, you know, I know the guys I listed off, Alec and them, I, I'm entertained by their shows, so far more entertaining than uh, listening to John Scott, but that's just me. But, uh, anyway. I don't want to sound like bitter or sour grapes because I'm not. I mean, I get, I get it. They have their fans and whatever. I don't go. Li- I don't give a shit. Go listen. I'm not saying don't listen to them or whatever. But my my thing is that uh, when when you produce, I guess it's from our from my side of it. And I've talked to the other podcasters about it. When you put as much time and effort into the show and you try to bring to the listeners, and then you scroll through Twitter and you have all these people. As oh, is there a hockey podcast I could listen to or whatever? Or they they put up like you put up a picture of a guy like I put up Graff the other day fighting Lloyd Shaw and get a bunch of people replying. Oh, Chris Graff was awesome. It's Bocan and blah blah blah. And then it's like, well, you should listen to my podcast interview with him. He was great. Oh, you have a podcast? It's like, fuck, are you serious? Like, what do you think I'm doing here on Twitter? Like, I retweet every episode all the time. I'm constantly talking. about it. I have links all over the place. Are you? Like, really? You, you didn't know I had a podcast. It's like, come on, you know? Like, I'm not saying, oh, you, people hang on every tweet I ever tweet. I mean, I get that, but they, you don't. But I retweet every episode every day, constantly. Like, just so it's on people's feeds and they see it. I mean, you followed this account for a year and a half. At some point, you would think you'd notice that I mentioned my podcast now and again. Like, come on, you know? that that When that shit happens, it gets really annoying. You know, because it's like you know, and then I got the hockey podcast. And they're they're constantly pumping my tires and advertising for me. So it's like it gets really frustrating when you put out product, and then it's like it's like people. It's like being a, a local store and you open, but you can't afford advertising, so people don't know about you. But when they do find you, they enjoy it, but they just don't know how you. So it's like, how do I get the word out from the about the podcast? You know, so um, I don't know. I guess. Uh, I'm not. An, I, I have an Instagram account, but I don't know. I'm just not into Instagram. I just kind of. I can't get into it. I have a. There's a fourth line voice account, but I just kind of. Eh, I, I've. I've left it sort of dormant, but uh, actually, I don't think I've ever actually. I don't know what do you Instagram. I. I've never grammed. I don't know what do you what do you call it. I've never posted anything, but. Uh, I don't know. I should probably create a Facebook page, though. I know I keep saying that, but I probably should. You know, and I know Alec has told me to join the Enforcer Appreciation Group a few times. I've always just felt that I'd sort of be stepping on his territory, though. I know he keeps saying he doesn't care, but I don't know. To me, that's kind of... I know others on the network post on there constantly about their show, which I, I, I don't know, I find kind of bush, but whatever. Uh, anyway, but uh, they're, hey, but they're promoting it. I mean, obviously doing a better job than I am promoting it, so I should probably do it, I guess, but... Uh, I just find that that's out of Alex's territory, and I don't want to do that, despite him telling me to go ahead. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe, I mean, I could post on there, just not maybe advertise my show. But I don't know. Anybody listening have any ideas? Send me a DM and let me know what do you think I should do. I know I have. I do have a few regular uh, lowlifes that listen to this, but some DJs that uh, 
that are always tuning in. <laughs> tuning in. <laughs> there you go. Hey, listen to my show so I can insult you for listening. No. <laughs> Uh, the boys, the boys know I'm just chirping, but, uh, I don't know. How about we just get on with the show with Mike Brown here? I don't know. I don't have too much to say. I have too much to say and I'm 15 minutes in. That's, that's almost half the length of some podcasts. I don't have too much to say, but, uh, yeah, but I will say if you're into jerseys, here's my, here's my only ad suggestion. So don't fast, I always say don't fast forward. I know a lot of you guys are into, not game-worn jerseys, but like buying the jerseys and putting like Crosby on them or whoever the hell you're a fan of, whatever team, Price or whoever. Or say you want, you know, you're, if you're listening to this show, you're obviously into the fourth liners. So, I don't know, you buy a Vegas jersey, put Reeves on it, or Washington with Wilson, or the Islanders with Ross Johnson, whatever. I got a pretty good deal for you. Like I said, I was I went to the mall, looked at uh, Jersey City there. They wanted $300 for those jerseys. You know, the hand-knitted with the straps. You know, the ones that the guys wear on the ice. I'm like, $300, you guys are insane. You can buy a suit for that. But, coolhockey.com, been around since 1999. They're a sponsor of the uh, of the network that I'm on. So we get a little bit of a, a little bit of a, you know, a, a fee a, for a finder's fee, if you will, you know, we get paid a percentage of sales. So it helps the network out. Like I said, I'm not getting any money from it, but helps Ish and Dylan, the boys out run this, run this circus with all these 30 some different shows that they got to babysit all these DJs, you know, so they get a few bucks back. So it would help them out. Plus I'm thinking it helps you guys out. Go to, like I said, coolhockey.com at checkout. THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network, just type that in. THPN, you'll get 30% off and free shipping. So like I said, I checked out the uh, Calgary Flames third jersey, put 16 McGratton, hand-sewn. Like I said, it's got the fight straps, the exact jersey, big earn, war on the ice, $180 ship, free shipping. It's out of Toronto. How can you beat it? There you go, that's half, that's half the price of what it was at Jersey City. Plus, Jersey City didn't have any McGratton 16 jerseys. If I wanted a Flames jersey, it was Goudreau or nothing. And I, you know, I'm not a Johnny Hockey guy. I'd, I'm a much, I'm a much more of a Big Earn guy. So, in fact, you could have put Big Earn 16 if you want, or God of Thunder 69, or, you know, whatever. Get your, uh, I don't know, whatever your Buffalo Sabre Stadium jersey and put number 69 Sexton Hardcastle on there. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. But it's custom. You can custom put whatever you want on. And like I said, free shipping, 30% off at checkout, THPN. There you go. What more can one man do for you? Well, you can shut up and get on with the episode. So I will do that. So I will talk to you guys on Wednesday as new content. And on Sunday, of course, is my vault episode. So this is my old, this is my player interview I did previously with Mike Brown. I think you guys will really dig it. Mike tells some great stories. Check him out, Brown Town, on Twitter, as well as me, Fourth Line Voice on Twitter, as well as Fourth Line Voice on YouTube. Check that out. Subscribe to the channel, please. Um, and hit the little bell notification. That way, as soon as I upload a new fight video, You'll get notified. You won't miss a single punch. Always putting stuff up. I got some pretty cool... De- and I'm on... Hey, I got 10, 10 days of holidays and with the virus and everything. I ain't going anywhere other than to the lake for two days. So that leaves me 10 days... Nine... About nine days sitting around here. So believe me, I'll be uploading plenty of tilts. And boys, I'm going to be burning some DVDs. Napes, I know you're listening. I got to get your stuff out to you. The Fredericton stuff isn't burning though, but I'm going to have to figure out a way here. But I'll get your stuff to you. That's just terrible that I own DVDs. Terrible. But uh, Jay and uh, Jay in Finland, Yurka, you hate when you hate that, don't you? No, I'll call you Jay. Um, I will go hunting for that rider hat for you. I will get that out to you. 
And uh, Zoltan, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. This is terrible. Um, I will try again on Monday. But uh, I will get your stuff out, boys. And uh, everybody that tuned in, thank you very much for listening to the show. And like I said, please go back and check out the other episodes. All right, boys and girls, enjoy my talk with Mike Brown. And I will talk to you on Wednesday. Thanks, guys. All right, on the line here, Mike Brown. Mike, how you doing tonight? Good, good. Just long day at the office, and now we get to have some fun, have a little chit chat. Well, I, yeah, like I said, I appreciate it, man. I know you've uh, you, you put in the work today, and then uh, and now you got to talk to my dumbass here for a little while. I repeat, a repeat guest here. Um, yeah, so like I was telling you before, we got rolling. Get to just kind of timeline your career, like I do with everyone, and we'll talk uh, teammates and opponents and. Uh, Tell some stories and all that fun stuff if you're ready to roll. Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. Well, first thing I got to start off here. So at 15 years old, 94, uh, as a 15-year-old, you played in the BC Junior League with uh, with Merritt, correct? Uh, yeah, yeah, 15, living at my grandparents in my, the town where my mom and dad met and grew up. So, yeah, it was fun. I was gonna say that's uh, something, man. Fifteen years old to be playing junior A, and I mean, and back then, I mean, it was you know jungle A for a reason. And uh, but forty four games, one hundred twenty eight pims. Were you uh, like did uh, were you prepared for the physical? Like you know, because obviously half visors and you know fighting shits shits real now. Uh, were you were you were you ready for it, or was it uh, obviously at fifteen? It had to be uh, baptism with by fire there. Oh, yeah, I mean, it started, I mean, I was kind of in a no-man's land, right? Because I was drafted by Red Deer. I knew I was going to play in Red Deer as a 16-year-old, and then I was coming off a year of rep hockey there, AAA in Penticton, where I had 100 points in, like, 20 games or something. So I needed somewhere to go for a year, and my parents thought it was best, you know, keep them a couple hours away. And, you know, staying at my grandparents. So that's how I ended up there. And then, I mean, baptism by fire. Christ. Uh, good prairie boy. Oh, by you there. Uh, Jason Hitchings was one of the tough guys coming in. And he had to have about a minute and a half conversation with me, you know, explaining how coach sent him out to see if I had the cajones and. I was going to make the team, but, you know, I had to show that I was willing to fight and and this and that. So after about a minute and a half of trying to talk me into it, I finally agreed. And, yeah, it was a baptism by fire. We had a real good fight. Um, I didn't lose, so I'll say that. And then it kind of kind of went from there. Now, now going in, I mean, obviously at 50, I mean, you knew what junior A hockey was. I mean, you knew this fighting happened and everything, obviously. Um, did you, like, were you kind of, like, a, obviously a bigger dude? Like, were you physical growing up? Like, was, like, did you have any really qualms with the fighting? Or was it sort of, like you said, you got to kind of talked into it and kind of like, well, all right, yeah. well. Like, did you well, box I mean, or anything? Uh, no. I mean, grew up with a brother watching wrestling, so, oh, you know, yeah. that was about the extent of it. I got bullied quite a bit growing up. Yeah. Uh, by older kids, obviously. I mean, I was six five and a beanpole. So, and you know what? I kind of just took the bully in there for a while, and then 
you know, one day I just decided to fight back and I kicked the shit out of this skid. And then, so I kind of knew, you know, I, I could do it. But then when we got in, like, that was my first on ice fight. So I didn't really know what I was doing. I obviously watched it. I liked it on, you know, on TV, but you know, it was, it was fresh. It was new. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, and like you said, in that league, I was just kind of going through it, and it's like, uh, you know, I mean, there's some characters in that league, and I mean, folks listening, I, I just kind of grabbed some names that'll be, uh, you know, familiar to people. If you're a minor league fan, you know, Peter Zerba was in the league, Andre Skrupko, uh, Dennis Pinfold, Brad Wingfeld, uh, yeah. And and a and a crazy cat out in, in Langley who's even younger than you, Stephen Pete, at fourteen years old, which is insane. Which is insane, you know. And uh, but actually, a guy that you played with in Merritt, uh, Brad Essex, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, yeah. It was, well, the difference between me and Petey, though, Petey was a year younger, but Petey was a man at fourteen. Yep. <laughs> you know, he was already a man, and, you know, like, again, back to the baptism on fire, like, that, I've talked to guys, and I know Winger, and I, I saw him at a charity event last winter, you know, we've talked about that, like, that week, the first weekend of that season, it, well, there was, like, 50 suspensions, like, it, it was ridiculous, like, I left the bench to get into a, you know, essentially a brawl at the end of the game. Uh, so I got suspended for five games. Like, there were guys suspended throughout the league. I think Winger got five or ten games for whatever he got up to. And, you know, so you're looking at, you know, the league press reports, and you're like, holy shit, like, okay. I, and then, of course, my name's in there, and I'm like, oh, well, I guess I'm in one now. Yeah, yeah. So did uh, so you go you go through the league and like you said tough league forty four hundred twenty eight pims and all that and you know like you said you you're 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 getting into some tilts and stuff and like you said okay so the next year you roll into Red Deer Western Hockey League and that and going through this Red Deer roster I mean you talk about a staff team um, like tough dudes skilled dudes what was your what was camp like for you? Uh... I'm trying to remember because Ash and I used to fight when we got bored. Well, there you go. Pretty, and then Petey and I fought one year at camp and beat the hell out of each other. And I still remember he, he hit me in the ear and it rang for about a week. Um, Chris Kievermanis and I fought a few times. Like, like we were nuts in Red Deer. Like, yeah, you know what? Like the Van, the younger Vandermeer brothers probably had the fight of the year at camp one year fighting each other like <laughs> you know and like we all liked and respected each other and had a ton of fun but when we were on the ice like we were pricks like yeah like if if coach was getting pissed and we were having a shitty practice ash and i would fight or you know shawzy would lloyd shaw would grab somebody you know or like even a couple of the middleweights would like scrap it out like we we were like everything terry ryan talks about about that team and he he was there for you know half a season yep like that team was like legendary like we we literally would fight if we were having a 
a bad practice or, you know, coach was getting pissed off. We'd play each other. Yeah. Well, I remember I had, uh, I had Josh May. Well, there's an opponent of yours, Josh Mazer. I had him yeah. on the, had him on the show and he was talking about in Spokane, they would do that when Babcock was the coach and if they were having a shitty practice and he was starting to get mad, Mazer said, we'd yeah. look at each other and be like, yeah, we better get into one here. And he goes, oh, him and Graf would fight or whoever. And yeah. that would, and that would make Babcock happy and then they wouldn't have to skate. But oh yeah. But I laugh now because you go on Twitter and oh, have, God, if there's a, practice fight now oh twitter lights up and holy shit they can't believe it and it's like yeah i know you were born in 2000 when if that's if yeah. that's getting you rattled <laughs> you didn't see nothing till back oh, then yeah like, like we literally would go against each other harder in practice like the games were easy <laughs> yeah you know so to speak yeah well, like I said, your first year here. So you're 16, you roll into Red Deer, and I'll just, for anybody listening out there, I'll throw these names at you. And that was the thing. Like, even the guys that were scoring goals could beat people up. I mean, B.J. Young had 50 goals, and I've seen B.J. Young. He didn't fight much, but when he did, he was real good at it. And, you know, yeah. Greg Schmidt, same thing. If he got pissy, you know, Asham, Vandermeer, Jay Henderson, Terry Lindgren, Lance Ward, yourself, Kimbermanis, Lloyd Shaw, like, you know, Pete, like, come on, you know, yeah. like, you know, yeah, Asham, I don't think I said him, there's another one, like, yeah, that's on one team, folks, so, yeah, yeah, could, yeah so, uh, yeah, so your first year, you played 62 games, you know, uh, I think, what did you have, I have, I think you had, did you have 22 fights that year? I think I can't Probably, yeah, at least, well, I can't even read I, I started the year... I started the year in the doghouse because I, I got in trouble at school. So I missed a few games. And, like, this is just how ridiculous this team was. So you got the, the people healthy scratch sitting upstairs. And we're sitting there and we're watching Medicine Hat. And Rocky's running around with his hair. And <laughs> he fought Pete Vandermeer early. And, you know, we're joking around. Like, like we were legit. Like, that dude's a scary dude. And I was, like, half, you know, joking, half cocky. Oh, I'll go him, whatever, right? Like, realistically, I was half, three-quarter joking. So we get out there next time we're playing Medicine Hat and opening face-off, Rocky's yelling at me, going, hey, kid, I heard you want a shot, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, uh, what? So I'm like, well, I guess, I guess I better now. And the guys were laughing about it. Like, yeah, we knew we were joking, but you know what? If you wanted to go, let's go. I'm like, so he was like my second fight in the league. <laughs> how'd you, how'd you so, do? Uh, it was pretty good. I got it. It's online somewhere, I think. You know, I mean, it was, you know, back then I was kind of just swinging around and, you know, I'm 180 pounds and, you know, I got hair flying everywhere. So, I mean, it looks good. Rocky, obviously, is a little more composed. Didn't. I held my own. I was I was going to ask you, um, having watched, well, a lot of your fights and stuff, um, and, you could, and there was definitely a dip. When um, did you, because st- I know you talked to some, you talked to some guys, and they say your first few times and stuff, you sort of like, you just sort of spaz out and whatever. As you do it more, it starts to slow down. You start to think about what you want to do and, you know, you're reacting to things and whatever. When did it, did it ever slow down for you? When did it slow down for you? 
Or when did you start getting comfortable? As they say, when did you start getting comfortable in the pocket? We'll put it that way. Yeah. Um, probably, you know, kind of a couple fights into each level I did. Yeah. You know, like junior A, yeah. You know, and then I get a couple, three, four fights into it. You know what? I'm getting comfortable. Then you step up to the next league, which is WHL and, you know, you get a couple under your belt, and then I started getting more comfortable, and things started slowing down. And then, obviously, then uh, now I'm in pro, right? And yeah. you know, my first fight in pro was Bondi, so of course I was a little more erratic the first time I fought him versus the tenth time we fought. Yeah. And then, of course, get called up to the show, and I'm fighting, you know, Reed Lowe and Grimson. You know, again, that's another level, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it would take probably two or three or four, you know, depending on who it was and how I did. And, you know, you just kind of settle in from there. Yeah, well, and another question that I ask all the guys, it's like, I mean, everyone takes a beating. doesn't matter who you are. Everyone takes a beating. Everyone loses, and everyone gets a drop. Now, help. Bob Prover got one punched. When you, yeah. when you get – I'm trying to – who was your first – like, kind of big loss. Like, it was like, holy shit, I got my ass kicked. You know, I look back, and I, like, I know of two that I lost, like, back. Like, I'm sure there was other decisions and a hell of a lot of draws. But, like, I look back, and I can only, like, two I know I lost back. Parker dropped me in Red Deer my first year, which... That was prob that probably catapulted him because yeah. he was kind of running around and I'd seen a couple of his fights before that. So I'm gonna and I like Scotty. We're we're good buddies. I'm gonna take some credit for that one, <laughs> you know, because I, I definitely gave him some confidence. Is that the you one know? where you hit the back of your head on the boards? Uh, no, that was in Kamloops. Okay, uh, I was. A little more, yeah, no, Scotty, no, the difference between our first fight and our second fight, and with both of us even, was night and day. You know, Scott was was kind of just, you know, a big gangly guy that, you know what, had to fight because he was that big. Yep. And then after, you know, you watch his progression after our fight in Red Deer, you know what, he was a big, you know, long guy that knew how to fight and had the confidence and shit kicked a lot of people. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, so like, so after you, uh, you know, like you said, the Parker one in red deer, was it, are you chomping to get back in it or were you gun shy after? How did you react to that? Uh, well, I was pissed after cause I kind of got stuck in my Jersey and I looked like an idiot. It didn't really hurt. I mean, he dropped me. I got right back up. I went to the dressing room. I remember I destroyed my shoulder pads, throwing them around the room, like having a tantrum. And then, you know, I, I was just, I was more so pissed. Yeah. And obviously my self-esteem. So, I mean, that one wasn't bad. Uh, the one I took, a re- like the real beating I took was Skirlak later that year. Mm-hmm. Um. That's a large human as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, he was like 265. I was like 180. Yeah. And, you know, he, he was like, 
I had a pretty like I'd fought Rocky a bunch and fought some other guys and and that. So he obviously knew who I was and he picked his fought good. And I remember I just I tried to hit him as hard as I could and he kind of went Ugh. and like my one of my best buddies was his line mate Blair Rota and we we still laugh about it because he was right there and he's like yeah you hit him like hard and his head is so big he just sort of shook it off and then he literally punched my face till the refs came in <laughs> to make to make matters worse I had that was the closest game to my hometown uh, was in Canada. Yeah. so I had both sets of grandparents there aunts, uncles, cousins this and that, I'm going out after the game to meet them and it looks like I stood in front of a driving range, I had so many welts <laughs> on my face How did they react to the fighting over the years? Um, I mean they got more comfortable with it I guess because I, I mean I won quite a bit of the time yeah, yeah. You know, my dad grew up. I mean, my dad grew up in Merritt. That's a tough town. So my and he was a cop. So he he fighting was a part of his growing up and and life. So <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, my mom's my mom. She's a sweet little yeah, awesome angel of a woman. And, yeah. Mom doesn't mom doesn't want to see that. No. Yeah. No. She she didn't, but she knew it was what it was. And yeah. You know, a funny story is after I retired from hockey, I, you know, I was done hockey. I wanted to try something new, and I was training with some buddies of mine that train MMA. And we, I was training to do a fight, and my mom caught wind of it, and she asked me, and I said, well, yeah, I'm training to do a fight, you know, I, I, you know or it's something I'm good at of growing up doing it. And she's like, if you, fight a, if you start another fighting career, I'm disowning you. <laughs> And I said, no, like, really? And she's like, Michael, I'm serious. So, like, she said Michael, so. Yeah, I I knew it was it. So, I mean, I just kept training, but I kind of had to put that one aside. And I mean, who knows how that would have gone, but. (laughs) Mom shut down the UFC smoker on you. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah. (laughs) I don't, who knows? You know what? I might have been one and done. And, I mean, I've been pretty fortunate with my head and injuries and that. You know what? It probably wasn't the worst idea. Yeah, uh, pro- probably to hang up the boxing gloves. Yeah, it was probably a pretty good idea. Uh, yeah, been there, done that. Um, going, yeah, going back to Red Deer. Just looking at the the list here. I'm just gonna throw some. Like, yeah, like you said, BJ. You know, unfortunately with BJ Young, the tragic yeah. accident that he had. He was a, uh, you know, but Greg Greg Schmidt had a you know great minor league career and. Uh, but Aaron Asham, when you were there. You know, look. We'll go back to back then. Would did you see? Did you foresee him having the NHL career that he had? Um. Well, yeah. I mean, what? What? Like, I knew he was tough. You know, like he kind of obviously fought more than I probably thought of. Yeah. Like Ash used to fight in junior and he'd obviously win and but you were kind of like looking at him going you know dude you're you're a good player you're top six top line like you know please don't hurt yourself right like we need you to score too yeah i mean i i never doubted his toughness at any level so it was just you know and he did what he had to do to stick 
Yep. And I respect that. I mean, I think I was a better player than, you know, I showed, you know, or more of a player. And I think the same, definitely the same with Ash. Like that guy's a good hockey player and, and he always was, but you know, same, same as anything. Like, you know, some guys get in certain situations and their career kind of, you know, veers to say more fighting than, you know, being a top six guy. And, you know, that, that would probably be it. I mean, yeah. Ash was a hell of a player. Ash probably still is a hell of a player. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and yeah. he's been done for a while. Yeah. So, well, I mean, I got nothing but respect for Ash. Like, that guy, that guy was one of those guys I looked up to as a young guy. Like, he could do it all. Yep. Yeah, no, he could. No, Ash is great. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and, and like you said, oh, and like you said, it's opportunity, right? I mean, there's, yeah. been lo- there's been lots of guys that could, uh, you know, they could might might have been able to, you know, you know, have an NHL career, but somebody in the ones, somebody in some spot didn't like him and didn't want to give him a shot, and there you go, right? And you get, or else you get a label put on you by someone, and then that's it. Yeah. Well, and you know what? Like, I guess the compliment is, is he had enough tools, you know, like, yep, to to stick on, on different different positions or different roles so you know what i totally respect that no absolutely well the following year 96 97 um yet you, you kind of had the big year 70 games you had 19 go- 19 goals 240 minutes 31 tilts drafted first round but this this is the year that red deer you guys made a real run at the memorial cup and you made some moves and one of the moves was bringing in Terry Ryan. Yeah. Oh yeah. You have to have some, you have to have yeah. a Terry Ryan story. Well, the day he walked in, you know, he walked in and he he was already a, a legend just on day one. I mean he showed up and they were doing interviews and then he pretty much said yeah like they they said you know yeah we'll talk again or we'll, let's talk whenever you want and he's like yeah he said something about doing the weather and he ended up on the weather that night and it just you know went from there <laughs> you know and then, and then he he went and bought this friggin f-150 i believe it was and the next thing you know he's got a custom painted tailgate with the Tasmanian devil coming out of it, eating a hockey stick, I believe like, like everything about that guy is legit. And it's, if anything is probably some of his stories are tapered down. If you can believe that, like, <laughs> yeah, he was just a one of a kind and, and still is. I mean, I've chatted to him here and there and through Twitter and, you know, keep in touch that way. And, you know, he's just a 10 out of 10. Yeah, and it's funny. I mean, everyone's you know read the book, and they, he's got the podcast now, and he's all over the place and all that stuff. But and uh, and and a lot of people like um, folks listening to this show, younger people, obviously, this is ninety in the late nineties. You know, never saw him. I don't, th- and he he won't he will never say it. But when you watch that guy, that guy fucking ran show in the Western Hockey League like that. Yeah, he was a first-round pick and everything else, but we're talking a dude with 50 goals, 30 tilts, fighting like Rocky in these guys. Like, he was legit how good he was. He was insane how good Terry Ryan was. Oh, absolutely. Like, I still see some old highlights on Twitter. Like, him 
I think he scored like game seven overtime in the playoffs and then went up the, you know, like he was a gamer and like, like the same with our playoffs. Like he just scored, he just got the job done. And then he, like he had fun doing it. And then obviously his celebrations are legendary. Like, like he he was one hell of a player. Like I knew about him, you know, he was one of those guys that WHL draft, you know, those old draft magazines come out, and he's sitting on the the cover as last year's first round pick. And then you go in and you look at their stats, and you're like, Jesus Christ, you know, yeah. I got to play in a league against this guy. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like at you know, what was it, fourteen? He's in the Beast Junior A, leading the team in scoring. It's, it's like what? Like this is ridiculous. But yeah, yeah and then, I could only imagine. Yeah, I think what was he in Quinnell or something? Good yeah, God, yeah, like that. Like that's that's more. You know, I I, I love small towns. I I'm a self-proclaimed hick and redneck and hillbilly. I get called all that. I, it's a badge of honor. Like Quinnell is like merit, makes merit look like the big city almost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, like, well, some some other characters on that team, um, you know, other than Terry Ryan. I mean, uh, while Pete was there, that was his first full year in the league, and uh, another guy, Matt Van Horluck. Yeah, and uh, and a, and a guy I want to talk to you about, uh, and, it, and it's funny because it seemed like he was in Red Deer. It seemed like he was in the Western Hockey League for like ten years, and he's seldom talked about. He, he just played junior and stuff. And just uh, unheralded, but he was a tough bastard. Was Devin Francon? Yeah, yeah, no, he was a rookie that year too. And I mean, yep. like, you know, he he fought some good, big guys in that. Like he fought Jason Norian did all right. Yes, he did. You know, yeah, Devin was he was around forever, and he, yeah, he was a good local kid there. And, yeah, like I like all those guys. Like it's funny you, you. I can go through the roster and say, yeah, great guy. You know, there's stories about everybody, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm like and you, Lloyd Shaw, like you said, they're a big dude, and it's like, yeah. I mean, I'm just, I'm still, I'm just looking at their. I'm on Hockey DB right now, just looking at the roster, just shaking my head. Um, like Lloyd, Lloyd Shaw was mean. Yeah, like he was a mean twenty year old. Surly heavyweight, you know, that was kind of that came in and he knew it. Like, there's a brawl we had against Calgary, and like, you know, you laugh about it. We were doing this, and oh, what the hell were we doing? Like, Lloyd was literally going around, like, punching guys, daring them to fight him. Yep. <laughs> I, I think like, I uploaded that video onto YouTube. I think. I think I remember yeah. the one you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, Lloyd Shaw, like you said, I put a bunch of his fights up on you. Yeah, he just kicks the shit out of guys. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't have a video of him losing. Actually, I don't think. Yeah, he just like pounds dudes. But yeah, but, no, I can't, I can't think of any. Like you know, are pretty much our whole team yeah. that year. I can't think of any losing. But yeah, Lloyd definitely. I if, if he did lose, it it wasn't that noticeable. No. Yeah, and just. Uh, well, like you said, you guys kind of loaded up there, and it's just like, yeah, Young and Schmidt and Asham and McBain and Wallen and Ward and Ryan and you and Shaw, Knoblock, Pete, Van Horn, like all those guys, and yeah. and you don't win. What, yeah, what, that, that, what happened? That was, that was one of those years. There's, I, there's three years that stick out of my career, and that, that was one of the three that it – 
I don't. I remember because like we we were just rolling and rolling and you know I always think like what if but then I can't really think of the reasons why you know like the my, my, the other two years I'm talking about was the year of the walkout where the AHL was loaded up yep and we lost first round and basically the difference between us and Philly winning that year was. Craig Anderson and Jim Vandermeer were out with hip surgeries. Uh, there was a couple other guys injured, and I was suspended for the first five games of the series, so they kind of pushed us around a bit. And then the other year was Kamloops, my last year, and, I mean, we were we were unbelievable team. Yep. We just couldn't score. We ran into a hot goalie that stopped 60 shots a night. Like, it was stupid. But back to the Red Deer team, I, you know, like, I just know – you know, it could, it could have, should have, would have, but I just can't put my finger on it. Like, and all three of those years, we lost to the team that ended up going to the dance. Well, oh, well, and that says something there, right there, right? You know, it just, yeah. But yeah, because I remember that was really surprising. Yeah, but uh, you know, and as fans, of course, we like you know, as we always like the tougher teams and stuff. Yeah, we always wanted you guys to do well because it was like you guys were just stacked with toughness too. So that, yeah. to, to really prove a point, right? So, but looking back at those teams, a lot of those teams had tough. Not what you guys had, but most of those teams yeah. had toughness anyway. Like, like Lethbridge was probably our closest rival to toughness. Like they had Perrington, O'Grady, you know, and some other guys there, like Kirby Law and that, right? Yep. You know, so, you know, I mean, they they weren't as intimidated as other teams were. So, you know what, maybe that was it. But, I mean, they weren't, I wouldn't say they were tougher than us, but they actually, like, they had some legit guys over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and like you said, like, even on your team or on their team, like, you have leading score, like, Byron Richie with 50 goals. Dude's got 115 pims. Kirby Law, right? 91 points, 200 minutes. You know, it's just like... Back then, it was, it didn't, yeah, it just seemed like everyone, everyone was down for it anyway, if it was going, you know, yeah. it just seemed like, it, yeah, but, uh, well, this is a big year for you, so this is the year, obviously, uh, you know, draft year, um, and you go 20th overall, 97 yeah. entry draft, first round to the Florida Panthers, how, uh, take us through draft day, how exciting was that, and were you, like, with the interview, like, Obviously, you interviewed with teams. Were you surprised by Florida taking you, or uh, walk us through draft day? Uh, well, I knew I wasn't getting by Florida. Um, like they had pretty much said that. Well, they straight up said that. Um, uh, there was some talk about going eighth to Boston, and they ended up going with Samsonov, which I don't think was a you know, really bad decision. I mean, he had a pretty damn good career. Yeah, yeah, not and bad. And then Vancouver, it was Vancouver kind of had me or Ferentz, and they obviously went with Ferris and then that worked out so well they traded us for each other eventually. Yep. Um, and then it was kind of, you know, Chicago was in the mix too. And once I got by Chicago, the head scout, Paul Henry, turned around and gave me the thumbs up. So I got... I knew where I was going then. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and, yeah, it, it was it was pretty cool. And, you know, 
I was I was happy to go to Florida and you know, but it was kind of a whirlwind. I I look back on it and I've seen it. there's a video online of it. You know, and the thing that gets me is I I see my parents uh sitting up there and they're kind of a little emotional and that and you know, I think that was huge because how hard they worked for me and my brother and sister growing up so that we could do that. And then I got a chance to you know, live one of my dreams being drafted. So looking back, that that probably meant the most to me. No, yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, well, like living the dream, man, right? We're at, you know, you, we all we all tried as kids and uh you know obviously some were much more successful than others but uh, but we all wanted to walk across that stage right so yeah so yeah. To, so to do it that's just awesome and uh a 97 draft for anybody wondering first overall pick was boston joe thornton not a bad not a bad first pick i think boston uh did all right with that one um cool. and how, hard to how about, he's, he's still playing well, so is number two, Marlowe. Yeah. Yeah, so the, the first two picks are, well, actually, the first five picks, Thornton, Marlowe, Olioka, Luongo, and Brewer all played a 1,000 yeah. games. Like, when does that happen, you know? No, that was deep. Yep, yep. You know, seven. You know, like, Dan Cleary was middle. Scott Hannon was, I think, after me. San Jose, yeah. Right. Oh, there's another one, thousand games, and then Brendan Morrow at nine ninety one, yeah, yeah. You know, how the hell does he not get a thousand? Lace him up for nine more, Morrow. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no that 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 was deep. No, absolutely. Well, as on so. So yeah, well, so this is the big. So you get drafted first rounder. All right. Well, next thing you know, you're getting traded to Kamloops. Yeah, I well, I went back because I was still had to graduate. Yeah. And I, I was a little bent, you know, kind of the way the second half went. Like, I was, I had 15 goals at Christmas. So you can kind of tell how the second half of the year went. Yep. Um, I found myself, I, I was on fourth line most of the second half of the year. And then once in a while, they'd call me up and I'd play with Ashram and Zakuski and, you know, do pretty well. And then I'd get back and I'd be on fourth line again. So I went from being tied with, I remember I was tied with Marlowe, Patty Marlowe for goals at Christmas. And obviously he was ranked, you know, top five. So I was watching that and then kind of go from 15 to scoring four the second half of the year. I was a little bent. And never really got an explanation for it. So I went back from the draft and they were, had a meeting with them and how's things? What are you doing? What do you expect for next year? And I said, well, you know, with all due respect, I'd like to be traded. And they're like, whoa, what? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, where do you want to go? I said, anywhere. And, you know, God's good gracious, they take me to the closest town to my family and, you know, it seemed to be a pretty good situation for me in the end. Yeah, I was going to say, like, obviously you were happy to go to, you had to be pretty happy to go to Kamloops. Yeah, I mean, no disrespect to the Prairies, but, you know, going going west worked out a little better, and obviously I'm a big family guy, and, you know, to go back and play in in BC and, you know, one of my, the closest towns to my family and that, it was great. Yeah, well, and like you said, yeah, big, big year, 23 goals, 300 minutes, 30 tilts. Um, 
And, and again, you know, uh, as a tenny typical, although I will say, um, it, well, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, well, you had Shane Belter, uh, Mark Scott, um, Robin Regeer. So, I mean, obviously you, yeah. didn't, you, had, you had guys that weren't going to take any shit. Um, now, as far as that goes, like, uh, were sort of the, what was the mindset? Was it a different sort of mindset in Kamloops than it was in Red Deer? Like, oh yeah. I mean, back then they were still filling the barn all the time. They, you know, the Memorial Cups were still, you know, they weren't expecting the Memorial Cup, but they weren't forgotten. No, well, they had the uh, dynasty not were, long before that, yeah. Yeah, like, they, it, like, you went anywhere in town, people knew who you were. Yep. You know, like, it, it was a big deal. Like, being a Kamloops Blazer in Kamloops back then was was a really big deal. Like, I remember going to, like, Costco and that with my billets, and people would be yelling, hey, Brown, across the thing. And I'm like, Jesus, I'm 18, and this guy with a couple kids is yelling at me. This is pretty cool, right? Yep. You know, and then obviously I knew other cops and that because their last cop, I was living in Merritt, which was, you know, half an hour down the road. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And and then, I mean, it was a bit of a, because I knew I was going to play top six when I got there too, right? And yeah. I wasn't, like, they made it clear they didn't want me to fight 30 times, which clearly didn't work out well for any of us, but... <laughs> You know, so, you know, they were always trying to bring in other guys that could fight and, and to take the load off me and so I could play top six. And, you know, it was it was kind of a learning year. We, we knew we weren't going to go. Like, obviously, everybody sets out to win the Memorial Cup. But, you know, we, we knew it, our year was coming the next year. And, you know, we kind of set the the standard that season. And Mark Habscheid was there. And. You know he's done pretty well since since then as well, right? So, yeah, absolutely. Well, like it's like you said, and the well, and then the next year, right? You had the um, <clears throat> you guys, uh, you know, had had the big year, like you said, and then you know, twenty eight goals, two hundred eighty five minutes, bunch more fights, twenty seven tilts. So, I mean, you you certainly didn't slow down in the fight department. And at that point, I know just from talking to people that were around and stuff. And it was sort of, uh, like the last couple, it was kind of you and Parker were kind of, were were the two guys. And, uh, now at that point, were you pretty confident in your ability just to, uh, like to take anybody, like to be able to, yeah, yeah. I I was border, I was borderline arrogant. Yeah. And, and, I'm not a big, I try not to be like, I, I'm a pretty confident guy. I'm sure I, you know, I'm a bit cocky back then, but like I was, I was borderline like an arrogant prick. Like I, I knew, you know what, if I, if my gloves were coming off, you were, you were getting beat up. Yep. And you know what, I kind of took that swagger and you know, there's, there's a couple fights where I took one or two to start the fight. And then I kind of had to w- check myself. You know, and be like, okay, you're gonna have to get serious here and win this one, right? Because, you know, if I if I went lost one, it was it would have been pretty deflating and pretty elevating for the other team that season. Yeah, well, and it's I I uh, 
I always remember the fight you had. It was because it was a team. That was oh, that's a question I want to ask you too. While I'm thinking about it, when back now people listening, young kids now they could just go on the internet and shit. You can get every game in any league you ever want to. But back then, to watch WHL games from out of town was next near to impossible. But every once in a while, TSN would do a game. Yeah. When you guys found out you were going to be on TSN, was it like okay, it's showtime? Um, did that? Did you ever think yeah, of that? Or it, oh yeah, well it was TSN when I was in Red Deer, and that was a game we won. Like like that was you know another coming out party for us on national TV. Like yep, I think we won like eight one, and we had like a bunch of fights and. You know, we we won them all, and you know we were we were pretty rowdy about that. I mean, I had a pretty big fight with Voidus that went, you know, pretty good my way. You know, um, yes, yes, it did. Yeah, well, you popped him and you flung him, and yeah, on video it looked really good. Yeah, yeah, and then it was Sportsnet um, when I was in Kamloops, and we had a few games. With, I remember one game I had food poisoning from the night before in Prince George and they actually caught me throwing up on the bench and it was it was it turned out to be pretty funny because you know Javi was a bit of a hard nose and he always wanted to kind of keep me in check our coach and so after the game they were talking I guess he found out that they were talking about on the the sportscasters there were talking about how oh Mike Brown's battling through it he had food poisoning and he's throwing up on the bench and I got just lit up after the game. Are you looking for a crutch brownie? Are you looking for hero points? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't talk to anybody. And then it came out that our our media guy was the one who told them. And you know, so he got lit up a, a bit. And I don't actually think I ever got apologized to for that. But <laughs> you know, Abby and I still keep in touch. And I saw him a couple months ago when Prince Albert was here for the league final and we laughed about it, and then I know the other, the other TV game was the day I got. You know, I was in the Burray trade, and you know that there's some there's a funny story about that one. You know, when we're ready to get to that part of the season, if you want. It, well, yeah, it's against Regina. This is where I was going yeah. with this, but hey, you go to it. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, well first of all, before we do this, everybody's like, "What the hell are we talking about?" Okay, so. You're drafted by Florida. Okay. That winter, in January, the Pavel Bure trade goes through, and you get traded to Vancouver. Um, oh, yeah. Now, were you excited about this? Did it come out of left field? Like, were you excited well, by this? Or how did this go? How did you feel about it? Well, I, like, this isn't even on my radar at this point. Like, I, I was, like, the last cut as a 19-year-old in Florida. Yep. So, like, I'm thinking everything's great. So the, I'm, I'm not thinking at all Florida's trading me. So we're in warm-up, and we're number one in the nation. I think we had, like, our team was stupid that year. We had two winning streaks over 24 games. I think we had, like, nine losses all year. And, yeah, we were in the middle of, like, a 20-game winning streak. We're getting bag skated when we give up too many goals against. Like we we were we were rolling, and I'm skating around to warm up, and I can you know you can kind of feel cameras on you more than normal, and people are looking at you, and 
I was like, okay, well, you know what? I, I guess I was drafted high, maybe, you know, because I, I grew up watching these games, right? They yep. focus on high draft picks. Get back in the dressing room after warm up and have you, again, have, like I got stories on Havy for days too. So Havy calls me into the coach's room and the G, our GM's in there, Mike Moore. And they're like, yeah, Brownie, um, we got to let you know, you know, you've been traded. And I freaking, I lost it. I'm screaming at him. I'm, how the F, what the fuck? I'm going off. Like, how could you do this to me? This is my last year in the league. We're number one in the nation. How the fuck do you trade me? And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And and then they're like, we didn't trade you. Fuck, no. Brownie, calm down. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm losing my shit. Like, my dreams are over. Like, we're on a Memorial Cup run here. Like, you know, we're number one in the nation. Like, how are you doing this to me? And they're like, Florida traded and I'm like, oh. So now I'm like, I'm still amped up to the top. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Florida traded me. And they're like, I'm like, what? To who? Oh, Vancouver. So now I'm like, I'm trading to Vancouver. Who's in the trade? Burry's in the trade. Well, Burry was like one of my favorite players growing up. Yep. So I'm, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on here? And and now I got to go out and play a game. Yeah. So my my captain and I call my captain for life and he's one of my best friends AJ Baines and like he comes in, so they come in and they tell him and he's looking. I sit next to him and he's looking at me like, dude, you were just screaming like, what the hell's going on? Because you know dressing room to dressing room, you just hear noise. You don't hear yep. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yep. And then Javi comes in and tells everybody, and he's like, holy fuck. And he's like, I'm like, yeah, I thought you guys fucking traded me. Yeah, you know? I'm like, what are we doing here? And he's like, well, let's go play a game now. But my head was so far up my ass that game, I didn't know whether to skate or dump the puck or shoot the puck over the glass or run. Like, it, it, it was ridiculous. I still remember that day. So, like, then that's what brought on the churchman fight. Like, <laughs> I wasn't planning on fighting. I just needed to go back to basics to get my head out of my ass. Like you watch how I threw my gloves off there. Like that's just stupid. But well, that was going to be yeah. my question. Yeah, for anybody wondering, yeah, you you instead of throwing them down, you threw them up and out. And, I uh, just threw them. Yeah, yeah, and you made like the big show, and you guys pop your helmets and everything. Yeah, you proceeded to kick the shit out of them, but uh, it was. Uh, like I and, and, no, and, no, like, and no disrespect to church. I'm not knocking church, but he was a tough yeah. dude. But uh, you, you kicked his ass, you know. Yeah. But, but uh, yeah, and, and the whole time they're talking about how you just got traded and everything. But uh, yeah, that's well, yeah, to get traded for Pavel Bury, that's something. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I mean, I I still get, I still get talked about at these events and and that when I'm with the Canuck alumni stuff and. Like I still like I still think back at it and my head still tries to climb up my ass. Like it was so mind fucked that day. Yeah. Like it still kinda of fires me up a bit. I was like 
you know, like, wow. And then to boot, like, it's not like I'm sitting there and it's a practice day and, you know, the guys will come by and give you a slash and call you trade bait. Like, we were playing a national TV game. Yeah. In 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so Timing. that's how that day went down. Yeah. Well, and then, uh, well, like you said, you guys had, uh, unfortunately, the run got shut down, but uh, you ran into a hot goalie. But, um, yeah, just like the and the Western Hockey League, man, it, like you said, back then it was just, it was stacked up. And I just think back to, especially being in Kamloops, I mean, you had the wars with Kelowna. And those Kelowna teams were ridiculous. I mean, you had Parker, Millette, Fedoric, Justin Jack. Like that kept, those couldn't have been, and you go into that old barn with the back wall. I mean, those couldn't have been easy games. Well, that, that old barn, like I, I had to play minor hockey in that barn. Even my year at BCJ, uh, was in that barn. And then we actually played the last WHL game in that arena. Yeah. So like, like that, that arena was like my worst enemy. I still hate, you know, I still hate going to Kelowna. Like, I, I, I've been against Kelowna, you know, and I'm an Okanagan guy. Like, but, you know, it just brings back memories, of, like, whether, whatever league it was. It was, like, this fucking place again. Yeah. But a gorgeous place, and I know I have a ton of friends there, but, you know, I, you, know you still have those memories. And, and like, they were monsters. Oh, yeah. Like I, I, like, I was a big guy, and I'd go in there, and, like, it seemed half their team was under, was 5'10", and the other half was 6'5". Yeah. So, yeah, we had wars with them. And, well, it didn't help. We had to play them ten times a year and, and you know, two or three times an exhibition. And, yeah, and it was, you know, our second closest road trip was, I think, six hours. So, yeah. you know, there was that rivalry. Yeah. Well, and then even in your last year, I mean, yeah, talk about, then they bring in Mitch Fritz, Nolan Yonkman. Kikinger. I mean, it's just like, it just doesn't end. Yeah. yeah. Well, thankfully, and, and I know Mitch well, and, you know, he he ended up, I, I always said that, because I used to kind of get him pretty good there, because he was young and he was still figuring out. I always said, like, if he figures it out, like, there's going to be no stopping him. And kudos to him. He figured it out. Yep. But, you know, as everybody, you know, it, it kind of takes you a bit. Like, he is a monster. Like, believe me, I liked fighting him in Kelowna a lot more than I liked fighting him in the AHL. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, I was going to ask you, there was uh, it's kind of an interesting guy, and I've heard different stories about him and everything else. And, again, another first-rounder, and, uh, you know, it just uh, – and it didn't, you know, didn't pan out for him in terms of NHL. But and you played with him there the last, bit, the last run there in Kamloops – was Ty Jones? I loved Ty. Yeah, like, you know? what, what do you think? Like, what? Would, like, I've heard. Like, again, I've I've heard other people yeah. talk about him, and they, they just said he just kind of didn't give a shit, and just kind of just you know he was just so talented that it was just, but it was just yeah. you know whatever. You know, what was your feeling on him? Like, I liked him a lot, and he was a guy that was brought in similar to me and but he could and he could obviously help me i saw the value i welcomed him i you know i loved that he was there and he, and he was a good guy but he kind of had that 
attitude, uh, not really attitude, but maybe mentality that, you know what, I, I don't like hearing negative shit about me. And, you know, like, kind of went the wrong way with it at times. Like, he was in Norfolk the year, a couple years prior to when I got there, and I kind of heard the same thing. They're like, you know, when Jonesy felt like it, he'd go out and score two goals and shit kick people with big laughs. And it was kind of like, you know, why why wouldn't he do that all the time? And I kind of, you know, I kind of, looking back at it, I kind of think, you know, he just, it was like, he didn't like the extra pressure or negativity or, you know, I don't, I, I guess it's just which buttons, you know, yeah. really got pushed and they kind of, maybe they pushed him the wrong way sort of thing at times. Yep. But, uh, but I mean, like that, like he was, he was as tough as anybody. Yeah, yeah, well, I'm a hell of a player and first round pick and skills and size and yeah, it was just it's just now you know one of those things. Um, well, before we leave the, your Western Hockey League career, I'm just going to throw some names at you, some guys you took on, and just kind of get your thoughts. Uh, well, I kind of mentioned well Rocky, we already talked about him, but a guy, <laughs> uh, one guy that I I mean I've seen all the Kelowna fights and everything, and you know he was uh, it was him and Parker taking on the world there the tag team. Was Chris Millette. Now, from watching the and tough dude, big dude, and everything else, but he just looked like a watching the footage. He is just a son of a bitch. Yeah, I. You know what? I, I mean, he was a hard nosed guy, and if you watch like our fights, you know the first half, three quarters, like they're great fights. I, I, I just know I always got him at the end. Yep. You know, but like I always knew I was in a fight with him. It wasn't like I was like, "Hey, I'm gonna go pick up five minutes and and beat up Moet here." It, I knew it was a fight, and it just so happened at the end. You know, I got the better of him. So, but yeah, I mean, again, like he's not a fun guy to play in Kelowna. No, no. Like you're you're down on the, those boards are up to your nipples or my nipples because you know, like they're hot. And then you got him who's running around at six five, and we all led with our sticks back then. And like, yeah, like you know, he was he wasn't fun to play against either down there. No, it's just funny watching the footage. It's like the refs will come in if he has a free hand, he's giving you another shot, or if he whips your ass, he's going to tell you all about it while the refs yeah. are in there. And oh, it was like the extra punch every time watching his fights, and he's just mouthing off and. I was talking to Mazer about him, and Mazer said the same thing. Like, really tough dude and everything, but he's like, oh, he goes, I hate it playing against that guy. Yeah. yeah. You, know, you know what? I mean, I'm, you know, he didn't really have that op- option or opportunity with us because, like, I mean, the end of the, our couple fights didn't end very well, right? Yep. So, you know, I mean, fortunately for us, you know, he didn't really get the opportunity to act like that and, you know, I guess kind of the uh, the thing he had going for him a lot is, you know, there was always Parker to go come back behind him, right? Yeah. So I guess it'd be a little extra cockier, edgy, I guess. Oh, yeah. Well, like you said, if it's not Parker, you had Jack and then Fritz, and uh, yeah, it was just never ending. Uh, well, yeah. I, met, I mentioned him just briefly, but yeah, I know you fought him as well because I sent you that picture the other night of it. Josh Mazur. 
episode, episode, my first guest of the podcast, Josh Mazur, under, uh, smaller, well, I was smaller at six feet, but, uh, but tough dude, uh, had some great fights. I know you guys went a couple of rounds. What are your feelings on Mazur? Yeah. And with all due respect to him, I, I kind of get him and Graf mixed up because we only played, um, well, I, the first couple of years, I mean, it was, I was in red gear, so we only played them twice, right? Yep. And then after after that, like I, I just remember them being gamers. And I mean, you know, Spokane wasn't a fun place to play either at times, right? No. You know, like they, they had those guys, and then they had Suter as well, yep. uh, who was a pretty big, tough dude. Unfair, you know, and then they had, sorry? Ference, yeah. Yeah, Ferris was there being a dickhead. Yeah. <laughs> running around, um, but kind of hiding behind those guys. But, you know, yeah, I, I mean, Mazer was definitely a gamer. And, you know, I, I don't remember him pissing me off, really. And so, you know, yeah. he obviously did things the right way and was respectful and, and obviously tough. Yeah. Well, and like you said, Chris Graff, there's another guy. Unheralded guy, and then you know, watch his fights, and he had great fights with Parker, and and um, put down Zdeno Chara, dropped Chara, yeah. Prince George, and um, yeah, another tough dude. Um, here's a name that doesn't get brought up. He was in you know WHL guy. Um, do you remember Derek Arbez? Yeah, I probably fought him three or four times. Yeah, I used to fight him all the time before Rocky went there. At the end of the season, then I'd fight Rocky. Yeah, you know, here's a, actually it's funny because we just uh, ended up on Facebook adding each other what a couple weeks ago. Yeah, no, he was a, he was a gamer tough guy. I mean, he like when Rocky ended up there, I used to go fight Rocky and Stevie Pete, and that I think would those guys would fight with our best. Yeah, because you know, again, you know, how many guys did we have? <laughs> in Red Deer, right? Yeah. Uh, I was going to ask you at that time, um, well, of course, there's no no internet or YouTube or anything, um, but there was video. Did, were you like a video watcher? Like, did you watch, yeah. did you study guys or did you just go into it and like, let's see what happens? Oh, no. I, I, I've always been pretty analytical guy on and off the ice. I mean, I, I used to watch everything I could watch, I would. Yeah. So I'd be in there and, you know, get it, whatever we can. And, you know, plus sometimes, you know, it gave you, uh, you know, some chirping material too. You know, somebody got thumped by another guy, you could, you know, go out and chirp him the next night and then obviously hope you don't end up on the wrong side of it. But, <laughs> you know, yeah, I watched, I watched all the videos and fights I could always. So, uh, you, so we wrap up your, uh, the dub their career. So you roll into Vancouver, your first camp with X, did they kind of, uh, what were your expectations? Go, I mean, obviously everyone going into camp wants to make the team. Of course, did they kind of, uh, did they promise much or did they kind of just, you know, what, what was your first uh, camp in Vancouver? Like, well, it was different. Cause I mean, I got a lot of media in that, right. Being the hometown guy and then part of the big trade and, and this and that. And so I was kind of getting interviewed after each time we were on the ice and in the weight room and that sort of thing. So, you know, I, obviously I thought I would do all right. I kind of, 
you know, you kind of do the lineup in your head and, you know, you kind of realize, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm hoping for a call up later in the year sort of thing, right? Well, at that time they had Brashear, right? So it's, you know, and yeah. it, well, they they had Brash and Brad May was there too, I believe. Yeah, I think Strudwig was there too. Yeah, yeah, Struddy. Yeah, you know, like they like they were coming off like they still had guys from the Keenan era, right? Because that was Keenan was there the year before. So yeah, they had, they had some legit tough guys, and I mean it's tough to argue. Be like, yeah, I'm going to compete with Brash for his job. Like that that wasn't reality. Give me a break. When you went to camp and your training camp, did you try to fight? Did you fight Brash? Did you try it? No, Brash had, and I was, I wasn't, you know, like, again, it wasn't like it was me or him, right? Yeah. He's an established guy. I, I had a lot of respect for him from watching him. I knew what he, he brought, and, you know, I wasn't expecting, and I wasn't going to go be a jerk-off rookie trying to take on a, you know, a 10 year guy who's probably, you know, one of the top fighters in the league just to, you know, do things. I mean, I fought other guys that, you know, would end up in the minors with me and then I'd go try and cut my teeth in exhibition. Yeah. I was going to say like, yeah, when you go to, well, you just sort of answered the question, but it was, uh, yeah. Like when you go into a training camp like that as a younger guy and, uh, cause I mean, you obviously had gone through it a couple of times. Um, I mean, everyone wants to get noticed and stuff, but is it sort of the, or I guess that was your approach, is sort of leave the, like some guys don't give a shit. They're like, I'm going after the, the name guy because that's going to get me noticed. Whereas you just said you gave him the respect and kind of whatever. You know, did you did you see that a lot? Guys just acting like jerk-offs? Um, well, I, I've seen it and I, I've heard about it. And, you know, you watch the highlights of other guys at camp and, you know, like it's it's training camp, right? Like you're gonna get exhibition games, and yeah. you know what? Like, and realistically, I mean, why would Brash fight a camp? Yeah. You know, like what what's really gonna happen? Like, I'm not, and I'm not gonna win his job in a training camp scrimmage. Yep. You know, like I'm gonna win his job by playing better than him in exhibition and, and, you know, fighting the guys he fights and, and doing better than him. Right. Yeah. Well, and at that point, I, the, the tough, the toughness isn't the question. It's the skill. Yeah. It's the skill level at that point is, is the question. Well, I was also only two Oh five, my first year pro too. Right. Like I, I, I was still really, I was huh. still growing. Yeah. Yeah. I, my second year pro, I got up to about two twenty five, two thirty. Yeah, I was still pretty, pretty lean there. In my twenty year old year. Well, so your first, so you come out of camp, so you hit, you make the Syracuse Crunch, American Hockey yeah. League. Steamers, the coach, Stan Smeal. Um, how was your first year? Pro, like, what was your, what was your, uh, what was your biggest adjustment from junior to pro? Um. Living on my own, I guess. Living with other guys, like. Plus, I'm in another country. I'm yeah. across the continent from my family. You know, you really lean on kind of veteran guys and on how to, you know, like you have to grow up pretty quick. Like I went from 
my billets in Kamloops who I'm still, they're still like family. Like I'm going camping with them this weekend. You know, so like I, I essentially am in a home base with parents and I'm coming home and my meals are ready and, and my laundry's done and, and that shit. And you know what? Now I'm living in Syracuse. Sorry. And I'm doing everything on my own. And, and then not only that, like I'm with and playing against 35 year old men, you know, that have wife and kids and, and that shit. Right. Yep. Oh, I mean, it was more the off ice. I mean, on ice and you get in the dressing room, you know, that stuff takes care of itself. It's universal, but the outside world. Yeah. You know, you, you better make sure you're ready. Your alarms are set. You're, you're ready to go and be there on time or early for practice and flights and buses. And, you know, you don't have your billet mom and dad and, and yeah. that saying, Hey, get your ass out of bed. Well, it's a, it, yeah, it's a job now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Syracuse, you had, uh, you know, some, uh, some interesting cats of one of the guys I wanted to ask you about. And I, n- I never saw much of, I've never seen much footage of him. I know he fought a lot though. <laughs> was uh trevor doyle oh absolute beauty yeah um actually doyle and i went back to florida my was it my first or second camp my my first camp in florida actually we ended up fighting twice and like kicking the hell out of each other to a point where i remember the upper management screaming from the stands, like, break it up, enough's enough. And then we ended up going at it again. So, I mean, we kind of had that respect for each other from Florida coming over. And, I mean, you know, Doyle was a monster. Yeah, he was. He was there. He knew, like, I remember him saying after fitness testing, well, my year's not going to get any better. Because, like, he dominated fitness testing. Like, <laughs> you know, like, that was his thing. Yep. And, but, again, you know, to have camp at my first year pro, you know, ride, or ride, I, I would I would say I rode shotgun with him because I played quite a bit more. So he would always beat me to fights, and, and he was kind of the guy, right? So, you know, I, 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 had a hell of a time with him. He was a great guy. He kind of took me under his wing. I I remember my first fight in the league. I actually beat him to a fight and ended up fighting Bondi, and he got pissed off at me after. (laughs) Don't you ever beat me to a fight again, especially that fucking guy. And I'm like, yeah, kind of want to do the same thing you do here, Trev. It's kind of in our blood. Yeah. The, oh, well, I, I, it was funny how you 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 mentioned the Bonvi fight right before I phoned you. I was I watched that fight actually. I didn't realize that was yeah. your first pro fight. That's a hell of a fight. Um, yeah. Well, you fought Wa well, then Bonvi. I mean, it doesn't get much more legendary than that. I mean, hockey's all time penalty minute leader, and and I mean the guy's a legend and and everything else. Uh, what was what was it like fighting Bonvi? Well, like back to what we talked about earlier, that was my first fight pro, right? Yep. So, you know, I was kind of probably a little more erratic, a little, you know, less controlled than I normally was. 
because you know what? Hey, I'm, I'm fight. I knew who he was. I knew every, who everybody I fought was. Yep. You know, I didn't go into a fight blind. And I knew when I skated over to him, I, I think he cross-checked Doyle into our net or something. And by the time Doyle got up, I was fighting him. I, I knew as soon as he did that who, who I was going up against. You know, so it was kind of, you know, probably a little nerves and a little like, hey, let's just get this one and 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 do all right. And then, you know, and then you kind of settle in down the road, right? So, that again, that was a pretty big one for me. Yeah, oh, you did good in it, too. Yeah, and, uh, um, well, another character that you have on that team was a fellow dub boy and uh, and and tough, uh, Paul Throne. Oh, Jesus, yeah. Actually, I miss Throne. I was thinking about him the other day because he, he was always an East fan guy, but I haven't really run into him in a long time. Um, yeah, no, he was. Yeah, I still say pound for pound, he was probably one of the toughest guys in hockey. Yep. Because, I don't know, what was he, 5'10", 5'11"? Oh, yeah, it looked like, yeah, it was funny. And I remember, like, we'd watch the old Seattle Thunderbird tapes, and it was like, like, I remember, I was showing my friend, because, I mean, he didn't know who these guys were, he just watched it. And he's like, he's watching, and like, after about the sixth fight of Ferone just kicking the shit out of somebody... And everyone's bigger than he is, and he's just whipping their ass. And he's just like, this dude looks like he's on the chess team, and he's just kicking the shit out of these guys, you know? It's like, and I mean, he had a hell of a run over in Europe, and, you know, and, uh, yeah, but he was, uh, and, and he could play, too. He wasn't just, you know, he just wasn't cement. I mean, he could play. And he was tough, yeah. du- he was tough dude, you know? Oh, yeah, I mean, he was kind of up and down with uh where the hell was, Augusta was our east coast team but when he came up like yeah I was like all right now there's three of us right yeah let's have some fun yeah well and like you said as the as the year went on and uh um did you and I mean you had a good year like you had 13 goals 30 points 284 yeah. minutes like with Vancouver like what was the feedback you were getting they I mean they had to be happy with you or you would think. Yeah. Well, yeah. And you know what? I mean, again, I, looking back, I think, you know what, being 205 pounds and doing what I did is was pretty good at the AHL. But, like, that was the year Brashier got uh, slashed in the head by McSorley, too, right? Okay. So when he went down, I was kind of hoping, expecting, but looking back on it, I mean, going up there, first year pro, yeah, you know what? I fought Bonby and Reed Lowe and some other legit guys in the minors. That uh, part, yeah, I fought Parker that year too. That's um, a great. That's a great fight. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'll tell you about that after the prick. And then, <laughs> you know, like looking back, I kind of, you know what? I I gotta think that was probably in their head. Like, hey, let's not feed Brown to the wolves. Yeah, let's, put, let's, let's give him another year. But yeah, I mean, when he when Brash went down, obviously, and I mean, I was I wasn't getting shit kicked in the minors, but you know, so I thought, yeah, I was kind of like, fuck, send me up, right? And and I was playing well. Like I played on a lot. I I played that whole year either with Josh Holden or Harold Druken, top six minutes, right? Yep. So 
you know, and I, I was feeling pretty good that season, and it was a lot of fun. And I see Stan Smeal at because he was our coach the first three years pro in the minors, and I see him at a bunch of events. And you know, like you talk about our Red Gear team, like our Syracuse team. I mean, we weren't as tough, but I mean, we were thirteen or fourteen guys. I think were first or second year guys, so like we were a bunch of punk asses too. And Steamer still laughs. He's like, yeah, they, that group, he'll tell me straight up. Like, you guys in that group, he's like, I miss you guys. Like, the guys aren't like that anymore. No. No. So. Well, so then the, well, I asked this because, so, so now we go into 2000, 2001. You have the big year, or the, you know, kind of the solid rookie year. And you, yeah. and you get one game. Well, you get the preseason. Yeah. You fight Stock and Sean Thornton. How and then and then Did I fight. I I think I fought the Roth that exhibition too. Yeah, I fought the Roth back to back exhibitions. Oh no, it was the ones after. Yeah, yeah, and then um, and then you're off to Kansas City of the IHL. Now, yeah, were you? Um, I mean, again, everyone wants to make the NHL, of course. Were you a little, like, what happened? Like, were you still, did they just, you're not ready? Or did something, like, did you have a shit camp? Or They were they were pretty positive. Yeah. They just wanted me to keep playing. Yeah. And at that time, the narrative was still like, hey, you know what? Yeah, you can fight, but we just don't want you to be just a fighter. Yeah. And that was kind of the narrative. I was still getting at that point. And, you know, I kind of took it as such. And, I, you know, like, I'm not going to make, I wasn't going to make the Canucks at that point as their resident heavyweight when they got brash. Yep. So, I mean, I, I, I remember I, it was one of the last cuts. And I think I, I might have scored or something in exhibition that year. So I was feeling pretty good. And, you know, like, obviously believe in what they said, you know, like, you're going to go down, you're going to play like, you know, we want you to be more, we know you can fight sort of thing. Right. So that's kind of how I went down that season. Yeah. And, and like I said, you go to the IHL in Kansas city, you know, uh, Smeal's still the coach. And, um, what were the different, what were the, what was, did you, well, one, did you enjoy the IHL? And two, what was the difference between it and the American League? Oh, I I love the IHL. Yep. That, that was unreal. I might If the IHL, IHL still exists, I might still be playing. Yeah. <laughs> like, there was great cities. Yep. Um, we flew everywhere. Yeah, it was on Southwest Airlines, and we had to, you know, run for our seats but and but, some early flights, but... You know, like, we're playing, what, Houston, Chicago. Vegas. I mean, uh, no, I, I wish. Oh, Vegas uh, was gone by then? Oh. Yeah. Orlando was in the lead. Yeah. Yeah, Cleveland, um, Detroit, Houston, Utah, yeah. Manitoba. Like those, and those were, those were all great towns. Like, yeah, Winnipeg's a little cold, but it was yeah. a great hockey town. And, you know, I'm 21, right? Like, I like we weren't flying out to the morning. We knew what we were doing after the game. Yep. Yep. Well, yeah, <laughs> it was an Xbox and protein powder. That's for sure. Yeah. 
No. Well, we'd, we'd probably have a pro. Like, we were getting into protein shakes, but that was just so we didn't have to waste time eating. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay, I got my meal in me. Let's go. Where's, I need a couple of beer. So, yeah. no, I mean, plus it was like an, it was a bit of an older league. And I, I remember we were playing Chicago and they were independent. And they had a bunch of veteran guys like Featherstone and LaPuma and Rob Brown. And, yep. Uh, um, and that, those guys were there, and they and again. I mean, we're all first, second year guys again, and they're like, "You guys are a bunch of fucking punks. You better settle it down." Blah blah blah. And of course, we didn't. We didn't give a shit. You know, away we went. And, you know, it, like we had a good team that year. We started off real good, and then ha- and then half our team ended up in Vancouver at the end of the year, sitting in the press box. And I remember, I was playing. First line with Kavanaugh and Lieb. And, I mean, to start the year, the three of us were kind of, you know, maybe third line, second line guys, and we were playing half the game. We had a line and a half. um, We had a line and a half of call-ups from the East Coast League, and we legitimately dressed a full line of defensemen because we had, like, nine D-men down there. (laughs) <laughs> and everybody else was in um, Vancouver, pretty much sitting in the stands for some reason. Well, like one Ryan of, Bon Ryan Bonnie played was playing center the, well, on our third line. There you go. Um, <laughs> well, like you said, it's a, it was an older league, and um, you had the distinction of being Marty McSorley's. Last yeah. fight, last career fight. Um, obviously, Marty's out there, and, and he was playing in Grand Rapids. I, did you did you just like beeline for him? No, no, no. I mean, back to like the respectful thing and knowing who I'm going against. Yep. Like I knew who he was, and I kind of had it in my head. Like I didn't ever want to like blatantly go pick a fight and get my ass kicked. Yep. So what I did was he came. I was covering him on the point, and he came down the wall. So I rubbed him out, and the play went on. And I just sort of kept skating beside him, kind of annoying the shit out of him. And then finally, he just backhanded me with his glove on, and you know, so technically he had started the fight. So if I lost, right? Yeah. You know what? I could say, oh, I didn't go start it, but yeah, like that was kind of. I remember doing that exactly. Like, I'm just going to keep skating beside him and be annoying and see what happens. Yeah, and it was... With, a, with, with every intention that I was fighting, <laughs> that I was going to fight Marty McSorley. Well, and like you said, you'd probably seen a million McSorley fights at this point, and you knew his gears off, and no shoulder pads, and blah, blah, blah. Well, not, not only that, but he was trying to... That was after the uh, Brashear incident. Yep. And I liked Brad, you know? Like we we got along fine. We ended up being roommates on a on you know on the road sort of thing, right? Yep. And plus, it's an organized like the way I thought is like, hey, you know what? I get a chance to go after this guy who did this to somebody in our organization. You know what? People are going to look at it. So like that was kind of my thing too, right? Not just that it's Marty McSorley, but it's Marty McSorley who also did this. Yep. No, absolutely. Oh, and like I said, you did, it was a good fight, and uh, 
And it's a you know a little a little uh, footnote, right? Marty McSorley's last career fight because there was a lot of them. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, well, the name you threw out earlier on Chicago. <laughs> See, this is the problem with drop your gloves being down, son of a bitch. I can't scroll your fight card. <laughs> well, yeah, I got some of your fight card, but I don't have your IHL one. But I knew you fought Marty. Yeah. I knew. I know you fought Mel Engelstad. Um, yeah. And uh, well, how did that fight go with Mel? Do you remember? It was, it was all right. Yeah, it was pretty even, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I I don't remember kicking the shit out of him, and I don't remember being getting my ass handed to me, so I'm sure it was pretty even. Did you fight La Puma? Uh, no. No, did I fight it? I would fight um, Paul Cruz. Well, yeah, La Puma and Featherstone and those guys were kind of like, you know, again, they're older veteran guys, like, it was kind of like they they didn't, weren't really interested in it, and I wasn't really gonna push go the and, issue. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you know they're kind of at that age, and I mean, you know, it'd be kind of like me me towards the end. It's like, are they gonna fight? Are they gonna cross check me in the face? Yeah. You know, like they they had their career and they were down there. Um, oh, I fought Rudy Pocheck that year. Oh, how'd that go? He's a tough dude, too. Uh, I ended up cutting him, but I think everybody did towards the end of his career. Yeah. Because he had so so many battles. I mean, it wasn't really hard to open him up. Um, Greg Walters was down there. Ryan Tobler. Yep. Um, Yeah, Hordachuk was coming up in Orlando. Obviously, that was the year of the fight with him and Angelstad, which went around the league pretty quick. Well, yeah. There was really no internet. Actually, we, we might have started to get, I, I, yeah, I had a laptop at that time. Yeah. So I was probably on dial-up when I saw it. Well, another guy that was in Grand Rapids with Marty was Chris Neal. Yeah, I didn't, I actually didn't end up fighting Neal until my the year of the lockout. When I was with Norfolk and he was with Binghamton. Okay. Uh, uh, yeah, I didn't. Who did I fight there? Erskine? Oh, well, Mar- Marty was there and then, oh, Gagnon. Oh, right, right. Sean, Sean Gagnon. Gagnon was there. Did you, um, John Erskine in Utah? Uh, John, yeah, he, him, him and Eric Goddard, I've gotten asked a bunch about. And you know what? There were so many times we were very close to it, and that whatever happened, we just never did. And we the, we played each other a ton. Yep. And everybody would think, well, yeah, you guys played against each other that many seasons and that many games, and you would have thought it would have happened. But, yeah, both those guys are two that we, we just never – I don't know. One of us just didn't drop the gloves first, I guess. Well, here's a name for it. This guy's a character. Um, Garrett Burnett. Yeah, I knew Garrett from here. Yep. And he played hockey for one reason. Yep. One reason only. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he didn't, have a lot of, he didn't have a lot of interest in the little black frozen thing rolling around out there. No, like, he was still ripped. Like, we'd be playing summer league here, and he wouldn't, like, he didn't tape his stick all summer. And I'd be like, come on, man. I'm like. Play the game. He's like, I'm. I have no interest. He's like, I'm just getting in shape, and then until fighting starts, and 
I mean, we fought once. I spent, you know, most of the fight kind of g- giggling because of fighting them, and we knew each other in the summer. And I, I mean, he was trying so hard, and I had to kind of hold him up the whole fight just because he didn't have the best balance. I mean, not that I wanted to get hit by him, but you know, oh, that big, was kind of how that fight went. Yeah, big jacked up dude, but uh, yeah, balance was. In, but I can tell you, if anybody had ever asked me. Garrett Burnett's going to play a full season in the NHL. I'd be, I'll take that bet. No goddamn oh, way that's happening. Yeah. He took my job. Uh, he we're was, getting, we're in Anaheim after me. <laughs> we're getting there. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, well, a character, another minor league legend that I wanted to ask you about that you played with in Kansas City, Dodie Wood. Oh, yeah. Fuck, he was unreal. Yes. Yes, he um, is. Yeah, I he, he's on my Facebook too. I see him. He looks like he's doing well. He's up in the interior, I believe. Yep. Um. Yeah. No, Doty again. You want to talk about a pound for pound guy that fought everybody? Yep. I remember, like, I remember wondering what the hell he was doing because there was a stretch there where everybody he fought was going for stitches after the fight. And, you know, he just did well. Like, he, he was tough and, you know, like, he was a real tough guy. He could take a punch and he stood in there. And, I mean, he cut a lot of guys that season. Yeah, and he's kind of, like you said, undersized. He's kind of got that duck under the arm move. And, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he, uh, he pounded a few dudes. Yeah, and he did it for a long time, too. Like, he was in Kansas yeah. City forever, it seemed like. Yeah, I think he married a girl from there, and then they had twins, and and that. Like, yeah, he had a pretty good home and fan base there. I remember that, and I because I mean they were independent too, right? Before we ended up going there for a year, so half the team was kind of established there as veteran guys that knew the city and that. Yeah, well, so the following year, okay, this is the okay. You get to Vancouver. Did you make the team out of camp? Uh, no. Okay. I was, so... like, I was like, last cut, went down to the minors, ended up getting a concussion in, like, one of the first games. Like, I still don't remember what happened, and it was, like, my one documented one that I, like, I believe it was my only real one. Um, apparently I was trying to dangle through the neutral zone and I ran in the back of somebody. I woke up in the trainer's room on the, on the bed and apparently my line mate, Patty Cavanaugh went and beat the shit out of the guy. And then everybody was making fun of Patty because all he saw was me out cold on the ground. He thought the guy hit me. And I guess I ran into the back of him carrying the puck and knocked myself out. So I never did get to see the video of that one. Well, that's a rough way to go. Yeah, do it to yourself. But yeah, so you're down with the moose now. So when you um, so you come, you you head to Winnipeg. Now at this point, you know, three years in, were you pretty uh, fired up at that point for not making the team? Yeah, but and I mean, I did pretty well against La Rock in exhibition. Yep. Um, I fought. I think I fought Nazarov too. Uh, that exhibition. So, like, I, I proved my, I could stand in there. I, I, I scored and had an assist too. So I was feeling pretty good. Went down, 
little dejected, probably thought I was a better dangler than I was, knocked myself out. So, I mean, I didn't have a very good start to that year. And then, you know, and I came back, I guess I played pretty good. They called me up for three games. Um, so I was playing, and Brash was there too. So yep. they called me up. I remember it was Nashville, Colorado, uh, Edmonton. And it was, you know what, Grimson, Parker, LaRock. I'm, I'm going all three. Uh, the, so the first one, Grimson was chasing uh, Brash around the first couple of shifts, and then I got out there, and him and I actually went. It was a decent, you know, long tilt. Did all right. And I remember in the box after, he's like, yeah, good job, kid. Uh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, thanks. And he's like, we're playing the rest of the night, just so you know. I'm like, fine by me. You know, like, I remember looking at him in warm-up and going, Jesus Christ, he's even bigger in person. Like, Stu was a big dude. Yeah. So, and then we went to Colorado, and obviously I thought I thought Parks would be a little more into it, but Parker hates Brashier. Like, Parker hated Brashier more than anybody. And... I was like, let's go, Parks. Like, let's go. And I'm kind of giving them the stick. And he's like, Brownie, I'm going to slash you in the fucking face. I'm fighting Brashier tonight, and that's it. And I'm kind of like, you know, and Parker, you, you kind of believe him when he says something like that. So I kind of let that one slide. And then LaRock was kind of the same thing. Like, I tried to go, go with him, and he was like, no, I want Brash. I hate Brash. You know, like, a couple of these guys didn't really like Brash because, you know, Brash would fight on his terms, which was fine, but, you know, kind of cost me a couple of pretty big-name fights there. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, it was, I was going to say, that was going to be one of my questions, actually. I know Parker fought, I can't remember how many times he fought Brash. It was constantly, anyway. Um, yeah. As you mentioned with Parker, just kind of the, and I know, I think in the the first time we talked on the, on my Christmas show when we talked about it, yeah. you were saying like Parker was like a, just an intense individual on the oh, ice. Yeah. Like even after winning fights, he was still like looking to kill. Like oh yeah, like you couldn't even you couldn't even really give him a good job after it. It wasn't worth it. Save your breath. Yeah, and it was like it was it was when we're in the rink in uniform. I hate you, kind of attitude. Oh yeah, yeah. Like even after the game, like you talk to him and that, and he'd give you an extra squeeze when you're shaking hands, just to kind of be like, you know, I'm I'm still here, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and you know what? And another thing, like you know what? I, you sit there and go, "Well, could I tried harder this and that?" Like the last thing I wanted to do because I'd been on. Crow's bad side and heard a few of his rants on other guys. Like, the last thing I want to do getting called up is take an instigator, right? Especially in Colorado. Yeah. You know, like, they're they're going to score on us. Like, I mean, you got Forsberg and Sackick out there. Like, they're, they won the cup that year, I believe. Or no, sorry, Detroit did, but they were coming off winning the cup, I think. So, I was like, you know, you try to, you try to play things right and 
but you always have the woulda, coulda, shouldas after. Yeah. But you, you you get your fifteen the fifteen games and uh, you know you had you had some you had some good tilts and yeah. uh, you know um, at the end of that at the end of that year what was your like did you kind of know I'm moving on from Vancouver or was there any indication from them about the whole no, situation Yeah, I no not at all. Like I got like because they traded brass and then brought me back up right. Uh, before Christmas. And then I was pretty, I was there the whole second half. They would literally send me to Manitoba with a return flight coming back Monday. They'd be like, yeah, you're not going to play this weekend. Go down to Manitoba, play two or three games, get some legs, come back. So you're ready. So I'd be flying back on Monday morning. And then, uh, you know, exit interviews, you know, good job, Brownie. You know what? You're here next year. Um, make, you know, we want you to just build up your lower body strength and uh, let's be ready to, to make this team out of camp next year. So I went and I, I had a really good off season and I just, yeah, I still don't really know what happened. I, I know Berkey didn't want, want it to go down and didn't want me to go down and, I guess Crow just got got his wish, and I didn't end up uh, clearing waivers. Yeah, so that was that was it for Vancouver. Like, yeah, well, it was kind of it was kind of weird. I didn't expect to go down. I felt good, but you know, I had a good camp. You know, Crow, and I think a lot of it was Crow, because Berkey will always tell you what he thinks, whether you want to hear it or not. So, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, Brian Burke doesn't seem like the type that's going to bullshit you. Yeah. Like he, he, he straight up was told me and my agent that, you know, the only thing him and Crow ever fought about was my ice time and playing me and this and that. And I guess Crow just kind of got his way that with that move. I do, and I, I know for a fact, Berkey was not happy that I got picked up on waivers because he called me. And let me know before Anaheim called me, right? Yep. Well, so now, uh, so going into the year, you're going to the Anaheim Mighty Ducks camp, so in a whole new organization. Yeah. Oh, and no, I, I, no, this is, the season's already, like, it was, I went through waivers right before the start of the season. So, okay. like, there's no camp or anything. Oh, right, you're a start of it, right, 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 okay, pardon me. Well, see, yeah, no see did you, um, so did you go to Anaheim right away or did they leave you in Cincinnati for a while? Well, what happened was, is I got picked up on waivers and then I was stuck in Vancouver on visa issues for like two weeks. So I'm legitimately going around skating with the Giants and junior clubs and getting nice time wherever I can waiting for my stupid visa. So... Anaheim was, had it played in Vancouver, and then we did our cross Canada trip, which you know the West used to do, right? Go yep. through all the Canada cities, and so I'm like pumped. I'm like, all right, finally, you know what? I get to meet the team. It's a fresh start. I'm looking at their lineup. I'm like, you know what? All respect to Kevin Sawyer and that, but you know what? You know he's kind of on the same level. You know, like, there's not, like, a LaRock or a Brashier or a Probert here, right? Yep. You know what? 
and and Brian Murray was the one who drafted me. May rest in peace. Um, great guy, unbelievable guy. He drafted me in Florida, so I'm like, you know what? Hey, sunshine and today it's Anaheim. Let's go be a mighty duck. Yep. <laughs> and then I had the pleasure of meeting Mike Babcock. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, like, let's... I meet him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah might as well get into this prick right now. So I go, I'm like, I'm 20, what am I? I don't know. I'm 23, just married in the summer. You know what? I'm getting a fresh chance in Anaheim. I'm pumped up. You know, Brian Murray drafted me. You know what? And I'm a caged animal. Like, I've been here waiting two weeks to get back with a team. Get to the hotel, Mike Babcock, meet with him. Right away. Yeah, Brownie. Um, Brian Murray likes you, loves you, drafted you, picked you up on waivers, but I'm going to be straight. I don't like you. I don't need you. And you're pretty much here for 30 days because that's what the waiver rules are. Oh, well, fuck. Um, nice to meet you, too. <laughs> well, oh, pretty much. They kicked me right in the junk. So that was my introduction to that asshole. <laughs> oh, all right. Well there, well, there we go. So we know how that we know how your your future in Anaheim's going here. Yeah. So well, I didn't honestly. I didn't know day to day. It's like he just mind fucked me. He was like one day this, one day that. Like my first seven games there, I had a goal assist. I was like plus three at five fights. And, you know, I, I didn't get shit kicked. And I was playing like three minutes a game. So, like, that's not bad for a fourth liner. No. And I, and I still couldn't buy a break. And, you know, we, we were doing all right. Like, we, it was me and Kevin Sawyer and either Eric Schwenard or Krog on or Dan Biles on fourth line. Like, you know what? We did our job. Yep. You no, know, we had a we had a good fourth line, and you know, we had a couple heavies, and and we did our job. And yeah, no, as soon as he could, he sent me down to the minors on day thirty-one. Uh, Kevin Sawyer got knocked out day thirty-two, and day thirty-three, I flew back to Anaheim and meet with Babcock, and he's like, he says this, he says. Brownie, you're like a cat with nine lives. I can't get rid of you. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, what? And he's like, well, you're the only fucking guy in our organization that can do what you can do, so I'm stuck with you until I find somebody else. I'm like, again, good to be back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, like, so, uh, well, yeah. I, yeah, I don't, uh, this guy. Like, this is, this is kind of how it would go. We play one game, and it would be a no hitter. We'd win three one. Nobody fucked with any of our guys. I'd get called in the next day, Brownie. What the fuck do you think this is? I got Hall of Famers like Oates and Korea that are going to score goals. You're here for one reason only, so you better make sure you're doing it. So next game, go out, grab somebody, fight, do good. We win, whatever. Game, game, well, I'm feeling good, right? You know, had a fight, team won, 
let's go have some fun. Get called in. Brownie, what are you doing? You don't need to fight every fucking game. You were an all-star in junior. I had to fucking coach against you. What the fuck are you doing? You don't need to fight. All right, here we go again. Then that was like the that was the circle every two games. <laughs> yeah, that you just, it, like I I didn't know whether to shit or wind my watch, so to speak. Yep. You know, so that's kind of that. And then he was able to get me down to the minors. Um. Right before the playoffs, they brought in Lance. They actually brought in Lance Ward of all guys to kind of be our top guy, and you know he put me in the minors right before playoffs, and that was it with Anaheim. Well, there. Well, well. Let's leave that piece of business. So yeah. So obviously, well, that, you know, it's, it's funny because everybody talks like, "Oh, call me this and call me that." I witnessed some of the bullshit Kami went through with this guy. I, I witnessed, you know, like he called Kami up from Cincinnati. So Kami drove from Cincinnati to Columbus and he pretty much weighed him in, ripped him out, ripped him apart and sent him back to the, back, made him drive home to Cincinnati. Like he, he would do shit like that. Like he had it planned in his head. This is, you know, what, I'm going to do this to this guy. Like, and, you know, Mike Kami. Commodore's a great guy. Everyone loved him. He did his job. Hell, the guy won. The guy has as many cup rings as Mike Babcock. Yep. Yeah. So, like, I mean, like, I saw him like rip on um, Alan uh, McDonald. What was his name? The little guy, really skilled guy. <laughs> Played in St. Louis. Andy. Andy McDonald. Yep. And Kevin Sawyer, because they were still dealing with concussions. They're, you know, like he he would basically like rip on them. Like, are you guys, you know, are you guys done with your little headaches yet and bullshit like that? And I'd just be like, really? This is, like one time he was ripping on me. I had a brain lumbar, and I was on the medical bench, and I'm getting treatment. I had the the electrodes going into it, and he came in and. He was like, oh, look at Brownie, loving life, getting treated in the medical room in the NHL. Good for him. And actually, Oates and Korea were in there, and I got nothing but love and respect for those two guys. They told pretty much told him to shut the fuck up and get out of the room. They're like, get off this fucking case. You don't think he wants to play? So. Yeah, yeah, well, that was going to be my question. Like, you had, like, like what? Well, I mean, obviously, he ain't. he's not going to go motherfuck Paul Korea. Or Adam Oates, but at the same, like, are they giving it back to him? Like, well, they pretty. I mean, those were two pretty respectful guys. I mean, you know, like they they weren't going to get the fuck you coach or match with the coach, but you know, like I I remember they they stood up for me as a young guy, and you know that's something I'll never forget. Yeah, yeah, that's just um, yeah head shaking well yeah and like you said then when commodore and like you said but commodore isn't shy to rip all over him on social media and stuff and it's always funny when you get the all the leaf fanboys start ripping on commodore and shit and it's like oh fuck you, you guys don't know what you're talking about you know well you know. To, to all the leaf fanboys again commodore's got a ring yep <laughs> yeah you know he did something right he played a bunch of nhl games guys got a ring and made millions 
you know, drive, yeah. drive drives Uber for fun and <laughs> and golf. Yeah, yeah, it's, absolute beauty. Absolutely, he, he's another guy that you know what? Hey, Tommy, go write a book. Yeah, you're, yeah. If you're listening to this, go write a book, Tommy. Yeah, absolutely. That's I. I want to get him on the podcast. He'd be good. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, well, I think he's in Calgary most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Hit him up. I'll put a word in for you, man. I'd love to listen to more of his stories. Yeah, well, fuck, I think he'd spend two hours ripping fucking Babcock, which would be legendary. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, so the following year, it's uh, kind of a weird 03-04. You, you start in St. John's at the Maple Leafs, and then you roll yeah. over to Binghamton with the Senators. And um, that, that was a fucked up year. Yeah. That was... Well, uh... Well, what, yeah, where do I begin? Well, where do you think it? Well, first of all, so you're out in the Maritimes, so you're going. You're a BC boy, so we're going coast to coast here. Um, how did you like St. John's, and what was the? How did you like it there? Well, yeah, I don't think Mike Babcock did me any favors, so I went there on a, a tryout, and I loved it. like Josh Holden was there, and he was one of the leaders, and he put a good word in for me. Love Josh, major respect for Josh. Um, so I went out there and you know what? Had a great start to the year. I was playing lots, fighting. I was up there in the with points on the team. Um, I actually had a two-year deal. It was a two-way deal, but signed a two-year deal with the big club. And legitimately, I signed the paperwork sent it back to Toronto and they were kind of giving me the, okay, we'll see We'll see how you play this weekend. We'll see how you play this weekend. Then I'm just going to leave it at some domestic stuff happened back home. So I took a leave from the team and um, yeah, went, went home, dealt with some stuff and you know what they, I, I, I don't really remember if they were like hey come back or not i mean but i ended up in ottawa or ottawa's farm team there binghamton on another pto yeah and again i mean so now i'm going through a divorce which would end up being a divorce so i'm i'm mental off the ice like i'm probably i'll admit i was probably drinking more than i should have but hockey was my outlet yeah. So I got I got to the rank. The rest of the world didn't matter. I I played. I remember playing great hockey, fighting everybody again, and it ended up. Remember that Philly Ottawa brawl, that massive one. So where uh, goalie goes and does the dive over the deal there, Neil Little. Uh, that one. No, that yeah, that was in the minors, but the Senators and oh. And Brash was in Philly, and they ended up, they were, before the rematch to that brawl, they ended up, they were trying to call, they are trying to call my agent with a contract so I could get called up because they were playing Philadelphia again and they needed a heavy. My agent was on his way to Maui, so he couldn't answer the plane and, or answer the phone on the plane. And by the time he landed in, uh, Hawaii, they had gotten a hold of Rob Ray. Rob Ray came out of retirement and then he ended up going up to Ottawa for the rest of the year. So uh, that's kind of 
Yeah, that was that was a fun year. Yeah. But I mean, on ice, yeah, it was great. Off well, ice, you know what? It wasn't my best yeah. year of my life. Um, not that I'd say I had a, I, I didn't have a drinking problem. I just tried to have too much fun. Yeah. To kind of level off the shit I was going through. Yep. So, you know, like on ice, but yeah, so that year was kind of a wash. But, uh, um, well, that, and that Binghamton team though, Jesus, like you talk about, again, stacked. One, you got Brian McGratton there, yourself. Yeah. Well, well, even the goalie's tough, Ray Emery. Rest, rest, yeah. rest in peace, Ray. And uh, and uh, then to top it all off, you got Bonvi there. Well, yeah, Bonvi was there before me, and apparently, I think he kind of wore out his welcome a bit. Or I, I don't know. I, I mean, I only heard the one side of it. He yeah. ended up getting traded out of there. Okay. So that's why I kind of came came in. Okay. Again, I mean, I'm sure there's three sides to every story. I don't really know what happened, but, I mean, as far as Binghamton was concerned, you know, I, they got rid of him and, yeah. you know, whatever, right? Well, you you and McGratton, that's a hell of a tag team. Um, how'd you get yeah. along? How'd you get along with Brian? Uh, yeah, we got along fine. And, I mean, we were, we were a pretty good one-two punch. I mean, again, he was still kind of figuring it out. Yeah, he was still losing probably more fights than he was winning at that time, and he he was a little, you know, I don't know if he, you know, kind of watched some of how, like where I would grab and this and that, but he changed it up the next season, and that that's when he went on his tear, right? Yeah. Well, um, did, well, I would assume, or did you not? Like, would you guys like work on shit? In practice, like yeah, oh yeah, we yeah. we'd play around in that. Like again, he was a big dude, and you know what? Gratz could play. Yes, he could. Like, he was a good player. Yep. And you know, like we we play on the same line. It was fun. You know, I'm, I look across and I kind of see a mirror image of me on the other side. I'm like, this is going to be a fun shift. Yep. So, but yeah, no, no, that Gret. that definitely gets lost on a lot of people. Um, yeah. Old Big Earn could play, folks. I'm telling you for sure. Oh yeah, he he could skate, and I mean, well, you look—he's quote one of the last dinosaurs, so to speak. Yep. In the league, right? Yep. Like, like he could get up and down the ice. He had a really good shot. You know, he 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 kind of just got into that. You know what? I'm here for this, and he really relished it. Like you saw him after fights, he enjoyed it. Yep. He he wasn't enjoying it as much that season that we played together, it was kind of like, I have to. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. He even mentioned that on the spit and chiglets interview that he did, that he had to yeah. really grow into it. And he was still really, he kept saying he was still really scared and unsure of things. But, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't, I'm, I wasn't going to say that, but if he said it, you yeah, know, what? I'll, I'll, yeah. If he said it, I'll back it Yep. because you know what? He was, yep. You know, he was, because I think he was probably first, well, he was probably second year guy, maybe. Second yeah. year pro when I played with him. 22, yeah. 22. And then you look what he did the next season. You know, you talk about the getting comfortable and the ball rolling. I think, what do you have, like 40, 50 fights that next season? Well, so he set the record, yeah, 551 minutes and, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and that you know, like, it was night and day. 
Yeah. From who I played with to who I was playing against. And, you know, I, hey, he, he, he ended up having a pretty good career, too. Yes, he did. Well, a couple of the names that you took on, we'll, we'll, I know I'm, I'm keeping you up here late. We'll get rolling here. But a uh, um, couple guys, legendary minor league names. One was uh, Brandon Sugden. Yeah. That, that's a big dude, too. I was actually, I watched that fight online. That was a good fight, too. Um, yeah. How was it like fighting old Sugar Sugden there? Well, he was another guy. Like, I don't, like, I enjoyed more so the fact that I was fighting for my team and the guys as a role. Like, I didn't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I liked it, but I didn't love fighting. It, I didn't live for it. I didn't want to fight all the time. And you know what? That's a, kind of the difference with me and some of those guys. Like, yep. he's another guy. He loved it. Yep. And, you know, he was ready and you had to be ready. Yep. You know, you went up and, you know, so that's kind of how it went down. He, he popped me pretty good in the nose there. I remember that. And I think I had to put it back in place, but, you know, I, I didn't go out cold, so that was good. Well, and another, yeah, guy, and another guy, like you said, that just seemed to really enjoy it um, was Trevor Gillies. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, Trev, we had a couple good ones. Yep. Um, he got the better of me once for sure. Uh, he, cause I don't know what the hell I was thinking. He got, I didn't expect the left and I ate a half a dozen before I got going. So I was behind the eight ball there. He's another guy. Yeah. But you know, with him, I mean, we always had a pretty good respect. You know, we'd say hi and chat and if, if business arose, it arose. We just sort of, you know, did our own thing. Right. Yep. Yeah. You know, like he when it, like he didn't go and chase me around and and this and that. Uh, he just sort of was like, you know what? Hey, we, I need one here. I remember him at the start of one game. He's like, "Coach is pissed off on me. I think he smelled. You know, I think he he knows I had a couple beer last night. Can you give me one? I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's have some fun. <laughs> you know, like that type of thing. Yeah. Well, and another uh, guy I wanted to ask you about, and I just I actually had him on the show a little while ago, was, uh, and I know you fought him a few times, was Sean McMorrow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he he was another guy. I mean, he loved fighting. And he knew why he was there, and he did a hell of a job with it. You know, um, obviously he continued on to pretty much that fight league in Quebec, and you know, it's not really something I could do, but I respect I respect the game. You know, I respect the fact that they like it, they take it serious, and they know their role. Yeah, he, uh, well, get this one, he's actually coming out of retirement, he just signed an LNAH contract, he's doing it again this uh, year. Yeah. Well, you know what, I, I hate to be like this, but it's like, every dog has their day, and I, I've seen a few guys, um, I'm not going to mention their names, but, you know, they're, they're not the same guys. No. And, Everybody has X amount of fights. Yep. In them. And I just hate to see, you know, I'd, I'd hate to see anybody's quality of life, you know, different because they hung on too long. Yep. Not saying it's going to for Sean or anybody else, but you know what? It, it creeps in. So. 
Well, it happens to everyone, right? It's like, yeah, unfortunately you get to that point where, you know, the, uh, the, the spirit is willing, but the body's just unable, right? And it's... Exactly. Yeah. Well, so the following year, you roll into Norfolk, and you're there for two years. And, um, you know, like... And, and one of the... A legendary tough guy that you played with there was Sean Thornton. How'd you... Yeah. How, how was... Uh, how was... Uh, how was he to hang out with? He was a good dude. Um, I mean, we, we had our moments. You know, you get you get two big bears that are, you know, have a tendency to be grumpy. I mean, we we had arguably, from what everybody said, the fight of the year in practice one day. <laughs> um, you know, that those were two; those were my two favorite seasons pro. My really? favorite season pro was the first year there during the lockout. Again, I went there on a tryout, thanks to AJ Baines, and ended up coming out of camp with a contract yeah. you know i had a hell of, i had a hell of a camp and you know i it was actually funny because the coach i was telling the story the other day um trent yanni comes up and he's like look brownie not that i think you have a problem but i just want to give you your you, i want you to give your best yourself your best foot forward i want you on this team we need you on this team right so He's like, no, no drinking till I say otherwise. I'm like, okay, yeah, not a fucking problem, right? I, w- I want to play here. These are great guys. You know what? AJ Baines stepped up for me, got me a shot. I'm not letting him down. So last game of exhibition, I think I fought. I fought at least every game. I was tied for our league, the lead in scoring for exhibition with us, and we were having beers on the bus. So I said, you know, I pulled Jan's aside. I said, hey, you think I can have a beer? You know, it's been a, it's been a while. And he goes, shit, Brownie, I forgot all about that. He's like, you really haven't had a beer? I'm like, no, I, want, I told you I wouldn't. I, I don't need it. But he's like, yeah, sure, have a couple. So I was like, fuck, okay, here we go, right? I'm like, you know, but, but it was something I, he asked me to do, so I did it, right? That's kind of how we were back then. Yep. Well, and like you said, you had, you know, big year, 34 tilts, and, uh, and I mean, you fought some names, man, Cam Jansen, Colt Norris, Segroy, Josh Gratton, and then um, one of the bigger ones, uh, Boogie, Derek Bougard. Cote, yeah, Cote was down there too, Riley Cote. Yeah, uh, Steve, I, Steve McLaren. McLaren, Fritzy. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was that Chris Neal. That year was stupid. It, like <laughs> every team had three heavies. Yep. And if if one guy fought, there was probably minimum two or three fights off the next faceoff. But it was fun. The you know you had unreal players down there like Spezza, Bowmeister. Um, uh, like guys playing? that played like like everybody that was good on an entry level contract played in the league that year. Yeah. So like you you had like it was the best hockey I ever seen. Yeah. Because like, you you like I mean we had Duncan Keith, James Wisniewski, uh, Seabrook came up for playoffs. Yeah. Um, Jeff Carter, Mike Richards were on Philadelphia for playoffs. Like it it was it was unreal. Yep. Like I started that year, Jan said to me, he's like, I want you to send a message and let everybody know that you're back 
and you're not allowed to turn down a fight till I say so again. I was like, okay. So I had 11 fights in the first 10 games. <laughs> I was like, he's like, okay, you can, you know, tone it down a bit here, buddy. So, but like that season, if I would, if I would have fought every game that season, I, I would look fondly on it. Like that's how good of a season and how fun it was. Yeah, you know, looking back on it. So, how did how did your how was it fighting Boogie? Like, how is it like when you're him and Fritz? Like, what's your kind of your, when you're going into a fight a guy six seven or whatever six eight, however tall he is? Um, like, what is your like? What are you thinking for this? I, I'm thinking get inside. I I like fighting inside because, like, I mean, I always had kind of skinny arms, so I could, you know, what I could move maneuver in tight. Like Fritz, I knew I could get inside, and I'd had, you know, good success with him throughout the years, right? Because again, he was still hitting his peak. That was before he had NHL time. Yeah, right at then. So he still wasn't at his peak. And then Bugard, he was just huge. Like, you know, both fights, he kind of he kind of jumped me. Um, the first one in Houston. I hung on for dear life, and he was, it was, I remember chuckling, and again, rest in peace to Boogie, but, um, like, he was, he was so long and big, and he was trying to throw body shots, because I was, like, you know, hanging out, I was, so he wouldn't hit me, and he was hitting me in the ass, so I was, like, holy fuck, like, he was, like, that's how big he was, like, he was trying to throw body shots, and he was hitting me in the pants. Yeah. And then the second fight, he actually did me a favor in the second fight because it was like a scrum in front of the the bench, and he he kind of he dropped his gloves and grabbed me, and I was already in tight, so I did pretty well, and you know gave a gave him a bloody nose and that, but you know fortunately I was in tight again. I mean I didn't get strung out because we saw what happened to everybody when they got strung out by him. Yep. Well. Like, yeah, well, it's just a monster, and especially when he figured it out and put it all together. Oof, yeah. Um, a name I want to ask you about here. I know you got. Um, we're wrapping up here. I won't keep you much longer. But um, a guy, I a minor league guy that I've always been. His fights are legendary, and it's like, and I've talked to a few people, and they said like, when this dude hit you, like, you shook. Um, was and they called him Stone Cold. Was like we mentioned his name, Steve McLaren. Yeah. How was it fighting him? Like I, he looks like a pretty, uh, pretty fired up, like kind of like a oh. Parksy kind of vibe, like always fired up, sort of. Oh, he he knew, like if he knew exactly what he was doing. Yep. Like he was out there. He wanted to do one thing, and that was win fights. Yep. And I think I fought him a couple times, and and did all right because I fought him my way. I wouldn't, I wasn't trading punches with him. Like, like that wasn't my game. And you know what? I, again, I mean, when you're trading punches with guys, it's kind of a coin toss. You better be pretty good or you better be pretty lucky. Yep. So I kind of fought him technical. And I mean, yeah, he hit me a couple of times and yeah, I felt it. You know, like it, you know, the rumors and what people say are true. He, he hit hard. Yep. Well, another. And, and, 
like I, I, I remember, and I don't know if you've seen this fight. I think like my first year pro, Parker like caved in his nose. Yes, and and he kept throwing. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like you weren't you weren't gonna really. I mean, yeah, he probably had to have his nose fixed, but it's not like he went to sleep. No. <laughs> you know, and that Scotty Parker hit me a flush. Oh, and that so I, I, that was... I knew. I, yeah. Yeah, that was like one of the hardest punches. Yeah. It was gross, and he took it. Oh, yeah. I I knew I'm not going to go toe-to-toe with this guy, and the result's going to be good for me. I I knew that. I'm not dumb, right? Yeah. Well, and another guy that seldom gets talked about, but big dude, and I've talked to a few people on this show about him, and they same thing. I think it was Mazer. I think he he got Mazer really good, and I know you fought him. was T.J. Reynolds. Yeah, no, I, I think he was in San Jose, or San Jose, um, San, San Antonio when I fought him. Yep. Um, yeah, it went all right. Yep. I, yeah, it wasn't, it's not what I remember, you know, beating the hell out of him or losing to, so yeah, but it would have been a good fight. I well, mean, I do remember, I, I remember fighting him and, you yep. know, kind of went how it went, right? So, yep. But... Yeah, well, I mean that the AHL that that year and even the year after was ridiculous. Like you know, like Brad Meyer, we had that infamous bench clearing brawl between periods with Lowell. Yep. You know, on the other side they had Brad Myers, Mike Commodore, um, Gordy Dwyer, you know. Fortunately for us, I mean there was me, Thority, Vandermeer, Travis Mullen, you know, Wisniewski was tough. So, I mean, we held our own. And then some. I think that, uh, isn't, uh, isn't that when Yanni and, the, like, the coaches were going? And... Oh, yeah. 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 I took a four-game break after that, courtesy <laughs> of the league. The commissioner of the league was there, too. Like, it, it just wasn't a very good <laughs> activity for us to partake in at that moment. Well, I was gonna. I know. I just noticed on the roster here uh, in your last year at Norfolk. There, you played with a rookie, uh, b- big buff, big buff. I was Snapchatting with him earlier today. That's right. We Snapchat. There, it, a couple it, of big strong men. There he's you a, go. He's, he's one of my. He's a good buddy of mine. I love that guy. Well, there's a cat there. He's 20 years old. Rolls in. Um, did you? Did well? Did, did you see a huge NHL career with that for that guy? Not till I saw him on the ice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he he was big, and like he was way bigger than he is now. Yeah, and I wouldn't say he plays much different than he plays now. Like he's one of those. He's a freak. Yeah, he, he was just like I mean, him and I like we always talk about we're we're setting up hunting and fishing trips here when he's done. I think he's got a couple more years left in him, and and then we'll have some fun again. But like he took off, what did he take off? Like his seventeen-year-old season to go hunt and fish. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, and then he steps on the ice, and he's an elite athlete. Yep. Even though he doesn't look like one. Yeah. Yeah, like I my there was my stall, and then it was Duncan Keith, Dustin Bufflin. And James Wisniewski were the three guys that kind of sat by me. And I was like, yeah, they, they've had a good run, those boys. Because they were all first, second-year guys when I played with them. 
Well, I think if they, Mike, you were laying some science down on them. That's why they made it. I'm, I'm, I'm crediting you for the whole thing. Well, I tried to show them the ropes. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, like more so. Hey, you know, you can do this and you can do that, but make sure you know at practice, you know, you do this and you do that. I mean, Dunk, Dunk, and Keith, you weren't. He was. He was wired from day one. I mean, yeah. I. He's probably the biggest surprise I played with to have the career he's had. Yeah. But you know what? That's a testament to hard work. Like, yep. that guy, like he used to walk around with leg weights on, and he'd practice with skate weights and shit like that. Like, you know, he was wired. He, he gave himself his bet. And I mean, the league changed. That's when the league was changing, and you know what? It it worked out perfect for him and. He worked his ass off, and you know what? He's going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, before I let you go, I know the one in your last year, you got a couple games in with the Blackhawks. Yeah. And, and I have to ask, because one of the characters on the Blackhawks was Matthew Barnaby. Yeah. Did you have, I, I know you're only there for a little bit, but I mean, uh, did you have any interactions with him? What, what was he like? Oh, well, I was there in exhibition that yeah. year too, and all training camp. I mean, you know what? You you kind of heard stories about him, and I mean, everybody is a little different when they first come in versus when they're you know winding her down. Yeah, I he, he was a good guy. Like you know he he wasn't anything crazy. I mean, we kind of I think we kind of got into a scuffle in training camp, and. You because know, I, I think I hit him a little hard or whatever, and, you know, we kind of grabbed each other and kind of just sort of let it go. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, yeah, he wasn't a sideshow or anything like that. He was a good veteran guy, and, you know, I, I he, he put, he, again, I mean, there's a guy, like, look at the guys that he went up against in, in the, kind of the eras Oof. that he was in. Oh, his fight card's ridiculous, especially for when you see how small he is, really. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But another guy had good talent too. Yeah. Which, yeah. Which yeah, often yeah, which often gets overlooked when you talk when people talk about Barnaby, they all oh the mouth and all that. But no, he's a good player. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I see him on you know, it's funny because, you know, you you heard all these stories and you know, at him and Rob Ray fighting over the remote and this and that and then you see it and then you play with the guy and you know what, he wasn't like, I mean, he, he chirped up a bit, but, you know, and at that point in his career, you know, guys listened, right? Yep. Well, yeah. So, yeah. Well, um, so at that point, you're 26 years old. Um, it, it, was it, and, and you retired. Was it just um, enough was enough or, uh, like, what, because, uh, like, um, you know, you're yeah. still a young dude and, and at 26, and you, had you just... Did you lose the passion or, or, uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of, it was a bunch of factors. Um, well, for, for starters, if it, if our team, if Chicago's farm team would have been in Virginia beach, I probably would have played again. Yep. <laughs> um, if I was going to play, I, I knew I wasn't going to play in the NHL. You know, I, the league was kind of going like even getting called up my last time. 
like that was after the rules changed and you had to go through waivers and and this and that except unless you were an entry level contract yeah so you kind of saw it geared towards okay now all the first and second year guys are getting called up um so one i mean i wanted to kind of play somewhere where i knew it it was going to be a good time it was going to be fun um and then I was actually, I was in pretty good shape when I made the decision. I was actually ahead of schedule that summer. I remember and it was just kind of after a workout and I was like, you know what? I, I just don't got it anymore. And I got tired of, you know, being on the road. I mean, sure. I only played seven years pro, but I mean, essentially I was gone for 12 years. Yep. Um, I mean, I had offers to go to Europe. Well, that was kind of going to kind of defeat the purpose of wanting to stay home and see my family and my friends. And I, I knew I was going to have to work again and get another career. And I kind of figured, you know what, let's figure this out by 30, not by 40. Yep. Plus I kind of did a job that, you know what, my time was probably coming. And the last thing I would ever want and, is to, you know, kind of go out, like, you know, say Caprios, right? Yep. You know, like that. And realistically, I lived all my dreams. Shit, you know, yeah, I you everything. made it, man. Yeah, I, I mean, I scored a goal. I, I didn't get an excess of goals. I mean, I really scored the one goal that I set out to score, so yep. it would have been nice to get some more, but... Hey, who'd, who'd you score on? I think it was Brian Boucher. It was... Um, it was Phoenix for sure. I was, I fought Nazaroff in the first period too. So I was two, two thirds of the way to the Gordie Howe. And another claim to fame is every goal I scored in the NHL was a game winner. So my buddies have a good joke about that one. There you go. And then they're like, Oh, how many did you get? Or, well, I don't say it. They love saying it. And then they look at me and they're like, well, how many did you get? I'm like one. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, it's it's cool. That's one more than ninety nine percent of us ever got. So yeah, yeah. At uh, well, man, that's a hell of a ride. Well, how are like you kind of mentioned it earlier, but like, how are you feeling uh, today? Uh, uh, you know, I, in terms of like, in terms of your hands and arth- arthritis, and I mean, you're going to have the aches and pains that every athlete does. But overall, are you pretty good? Yeah, I mean, I'm probably could lose 10 to 15 pounds but yeah we all could yeah I, my back's you know you know good and bad uh one of my knees is is a little dodgy but i still get out and i play canuck alumni games and i probably skate a couple times a month and you know the main thing is is you know my head's still good yep um i mean the hands get sore when it gets cold out and you know, I mean, everybody has kind of the little aches and pains, but, you know, it's not hindering my life at all. And frankly, I, I think I got out when it when it was time for me to get out. So, Well, um, and you went on your terms, right? So it's, uh, yeah. you know, that's the, yeah, I mean, and a lot of people can't say that. And, uh, but no, that's awesome, man. Oh, I was going to ask you, just, it came into my mind because of a story I heard. When you were playing these alumni games. Yeah. You ever get into it with a guy or want to? Like some guy's just acting like a clown. It's like, holy shit, dude. Because who was it? Was it Parker? 
didn't he just get into one and it was like at a charity event and some guy was just being a clown? Oh, possibly. I, I could see it. Yeah, something, I mean, unless I'm up my unless they were just joking around, but I think he, Parker, well, they didn't, like, I, he didn't punch the guy or nothing, but I think it was getting to the point where Parker's going to snap here soon. Yeah, I, I told some guys, like, you know, I, like, calm the fuck down, this is a charity game. Yeah. And, you know, fortunately, that's kind of where it ended. I mean, I didn't make a spectacle, I just sort of skated by him. I mean, there's always some guys that... Oh, yeah. Not that they were, not that they're wanting to... Right, but they just play a little too hard and I mean there's guys that are 65-70 skating on right? like Gary Monahan and Eddie Hatoum like those guys still skate with us and play in these charity games and you know like we also like we have some guys too that are, are pretty tough on alumni so it's, it's not a real thing I don't think it would be real smart to get into I mean like John Craig had Gary Nyland Wayne Van Dorp you know, um, how hey, how how is Van Dorp doing these days? He's good. He's a funny, goofy guy. I mean, he comes in the room, and you know, everybody's happy to see him, and he's twice as happy to be there. And yeah, no, Dorpy's good shit. Yeah, excellent. He doesn't skate much anymore. I mean, he's he's getting older, and he's getting sore, and you know, so. But yeah, I mean, the alumni is a great bunch of guys, and it kind of fills a bit of a void that you know we all kind of left behind when we retired, right? Well, that's what I think it was Biz uh, Bissonette said. It's like he goes, if if uh, you don't miss the game, you miss the locker room, you know. And uh, yeah, you know, like he always said, he goes, I'd love to get up every morning. He goes, let's just go to the if we could all just meet in the dressing room. Yeah. Not play or anything. Just get just bullshit and then just go home. He goes, that would be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or, 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 yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, hell, I'd love to go to the dressing room just to you know get my back and get stretched out like I used to get for the last three years of my career. Like that would be a great way to start my day. Yeah, absolutely. Well, man, I know it's late and I've kept you here and uh, I appreciate you for taking the time. I know we've been trying to, we went back and forth setting the time up here, but uh, no, this was excellent. And uh, yeah, I, I can't thank you enough for coming on. I appreciate it. And, and I, like I said, I was a fan since you were in uh, Red Deer. And uh, so this has been, uh, you know, real cool for me to finally get out and, and talk to you at length. I know we did my show before for, but it was only for like 15 minutes and I really wanted to get into your career and, no, this is, uh, it was just great to talk to you, and I appreciate it, man. No, I appreciate it. Whenever you want to shoot the shit, I mean, I have to try and remember some other stuff, but I think we covered a good chunk of it. So. Oh, absolutely. Oh, it was fun. Excellent. All right, man, well, I'll let you go, and uh, work. the The alarm comes early tomorrow, so uh, I'll let you go, but uh, thanks again, Mike. I appreciate it. No problem. All the best. You too, man. Take it easy. Yep. Bye. Bye. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 